Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Alan Drummond. Hi, Sean. How you doing, Alan? I'm doing well. Hello! Hello! <laughs> hello! Hello! Didn't it take him like 70 episodes to get his hello down? Yeah, he's still not happy with it. Hello! But everybody else likes it. Hello! 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 Uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to say hi. Hi. Derek is at a nudist colony this week. That's, that's too bad for everybody else. Yeah. He's not, but for the purposes of our entertainment, he is. <laughs> uh, I'm not going anywhere with that because I just don't want the visual, and I'm sure none of our listeners want it either. I have the ability to turn visuals off. I want that. <laughs> that's the superpower I want. If I can Everybody's all, I want to be invisible. I want to fly. I'm like, no. I want to turn off. To turn off visual. Yeah. If I could bottle that stuff, I'd be rich. <laughs> bottle the visuals or bottle that power? Both. Each. <laughs> Each. Each. <laughs> Either or. You know, there's stuff on the internet you didn't think would be on the internet. So, Derek Naked? It is paddling adventures. <laughs> it is. <laughs> He's doing research. <laughs> and that's what Derek gets for not being here this week. I'm sure there's a lake there. Maybe there's a canoe. Now I got Derek naked in a canoe. As long as you've got him naked in a canoe, because <laughs> I don't want him naked in a canoe. The funny thing is, like, Derek never listened to the podcast, except so he'll when never he's not know. on it. Yeah. So he might actually listen might to actually They might actually listen to this when they're on their way home from the Ponderosa Adventure Nature's Resort near Cambridge, Ontario. When you say they, I don't know if he's there by himself. Oh. I don't think or... they let, I don't think they let single guys go there on their own. Really? Yeah, I, I, I kind of have knowledge of that. <laughs> <laughs> not personal knowledge. Oh. Not personal. No, no. A back friend. In, nudge, nudge. I, I, it was. It was totally, totally. Um, in my early 20s, I worked at this uh, restaurant as a server, and uh, one of the other servers there, um, her and her family, they used to go there. And she had, like, young kids and young teens and her husband, and then her husband left, and then her boyfriend, and yeah, so there was, there was a lot of questions about that, you know, just because mm-hmm. it was, I know nothing about that kind of lifestyle. <laughs> that makes two of us. So, apparently, um, they lost single women, but they don't lost single men. I'd be afraid of getting sunburn in places I wouldn't want it, sunburn. Um, that, that would be a risk. Yeah? Yeah. Anyway. I want a job there the suntan <laughs> lotion applier. <laughs> this is Alan, your cabana boy. <laughs> Hello, Alan. <laughs> Come At on. this point, do we start over again, or, no. or do we just keep it going? No, it, it involves picking on Derek. Okay. We're all, right. all We're good. With that. We're all okay. good. And just, this just way, for the listener, this is the second start at this, which has never happened with me on here before, because <laughs> apparently I rustled papers right as yes. Sean was doing the intro, and then he got all flustered and fumbled, and we had there to start over again. There was paper rustlings going on. There was paper rustling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this way, when Derek comes back and goes, what do you guys mean I'm at a nudist colony? <laughs> Then we'll know he actually listened to the episode. Nobody tell Derek. Nobody, Nobody. tell Derek. Or Siobhan. <laughs> if somebody, if Derek finds out and he hasn't listened to the show, we know who did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Alan. <laughs> uh, so you had, what have you been up to lately? Um, a lot of paddling with the international border still closed. I don't really have a lot of work going on with the, uh, the tourists, so I've been uh, doing a lot of paddling, biking. Um, not so much hiking. That's kind of wrapped up now that we're back on the water. Um, I was out for, I don't know, 20K this morning. Um, every couple of days I'll be going out somewhere around the Toronto shoreline. I've uh, been down to Lake Erie a couple of times. Um, Point Albino Lighthouse. That's um, a pretty cool looking lighthouse. It's a really... 
it's like a 19, it was built in 1917, 1918, so it's got that period of styling. Um, it just sticks out on this little point off of uh, Point Albino, duh, um, right near Crystal Beach. You can see Buffalo from, from the lighthouse, like that's yeah. how close it is to the U.S. Like we have to switch our roaming off on our cell phones or we get an American bill, cell bill. Um, and then about five or six kilometers down the shore from that is, uh, and then just about a kilometer offshore is the rock wreck wreck of a um an old cargo ship called the venus um which is just some rusty bits sticking up out of the water now but right. but it's pretty cool um i posted a bunch of pictures on my uh facebook and the uh i think the allocation and the kingdom outdoor um plug um <laughs> instagram pages let me um, just cut that out <laughs> edit <laughs> sean will be in the edit suite till the wee hours of the morning um yeah, so we had a, a great paddle that day, um, and then I was home for 10 hours, and I was off to Prince Edward County to uh, on the other end of the Lake Ontario to paddle with some friends there. Um, just the opportunity, opportunity presented itself, and I'd never really paddled that side of Prince Edward County, so ran out there for a day paddle and spent some time with friends, and I think I had my first meal in a restaurant in... God knows how many months on a patio there. Yeah, that was my first meal in a restaurant since like October or November. Um, yeah, and just uh, some other neat paddles. Um, I know we're going to be talking something about Kevin Callan's video series um, a little later where he was down in uh, Port Burwell Provincial Park mm -hmm. um, earlier this month or last month. And um, there's a submarine. Yeah. On the, land beside the Otter Creek River. Otter Creek. I guess it's a creek. It's not a river. It's Otter Creek. It was it the HMS? H, Ojibwe. HMS? Ojibwe. HMCS. HMCS. I knew there was Which is a boat. So we did see a couple of guys who are working on the, because uh, it does need some work. It is a museum um, now that you can tour by appointment only. Um, there's a couple of electricians there who did work on the boat back in the day. One guy was on it from 76 through 78. I don't think the, the other guy told us when he was on it. Um, yeah, and, you know, it used to be in the Canadian Navy, and now it's sitting up at uh, just along the river's edge, um, or the creek edge, I guess, um, near beside Port Burwell Provincial Park in the village or town of Port, Port, Port Bur Burwell. Um, so we went out paddling there, went and checked out the submarine, talked to the guys there, and then we went uh, down the shore, a bit, I guess, west along the shore, and... Um, did some pretty neat surfing. Well, two and three foot waves coming into um, coming into the beach. Um, got my you now Derek's not here to add money to a cup, so somebody else, uh, somebody else put a quarter <laughs> in a cup right now. Got my ass handed to me by one particular wave that uh, had me out of my boat unintentionally. Um, but it was like eighteen inches of water, so I couldn't even roll up if I'd wanted to, which kind of sucked. But um, say la vie. It was a great evening. Um, you know, and it's like, yeah, I had to think about it. Like, when was the last time I was out of my boat unintentionally? And first couple of years of kayaking, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you tend to get good at it after a while. A little bit. Especially little bit. the amount you've been paddling. Especially the amount I've been paddling. Yeah, so, and yet we stuck around for the um, for the sunset. I was down there with my friend Tara. She she just had a blast in the surfing net, too. She did not swim. Um, I did. Um but it's just sandy beaches, sandy bottom there, so it's really not a lot to worry about if you do wipe out. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, today I was around the uh, Toronto Harbor and the islands and up the Humber River with a bunch of friends. And 
went to did a accidental 35 kilometer paddle about 21 mile paddle one 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 afternoon evening accidental. had intended on doing like a 14k and then it's like i got about halfway through that and i'm like oh let's just go a little further and then it's like oh shit there's enough nowhere to land here um so then i had to go a little bit further to have a break and then turn around and then being just just shy of 35 kilometers so that was uh oops but that was a nice nice night did you see theodore the tugboat I didn't. Oh, I did. I did. I did. I, I lied. Um, so he was in Toronto for a couple of days. Um, I didn't see him out on the water paddling. I saw him. I was down at Harborfront. Um, why was I downtown that day? Oh, I was downtown because something else we'll talk about in a little bit, about supply chain issues with product and that. I had to hand deliver some product to um, uh, Kingdom Outdoor product customers. Plug. Um, because it came in late from the supplier, because of pandemic um supply Thanks, chain yeah. issues blah 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 um so anyway i dropped by harborfront to uh to see who was around to say hi to and that and theodore was down the wharf a little bit so i got a picture of him from about 100 meters away so we got we were lucky enough when we kids were little and we went out uh, to nova scotia he was out there so i, I saw him there in yeah. 2000 i don't know 2019 i guess i saw him last in halifax yeah right around now actually yeah Actually, in about a week in Halifax in 2019 when I was out there. We were looking to see the blue nose in uh, um, Lunenburg. Lunenburg. I don't know. I, I, and I just I just had that in my brain, too. Uh, but it was in for repairs, so we didn't get to oh. see it, like, unfortunately. So. so when I was out there in spring of 2018, um, as a winter of 2018, February 2018, um, it was... Up out of the water, but all covered, so you could see it, but you can really see it. Yeah, but I've seen it like when it's been in town for like the tall ship festivals and that kind of thing. I've, I've paddled alongside it. It's an impressive boat. Oh yeah, yeah. They, I mean, anything with masts are uh, pretty cool looking boats. And it's blue. Yeah. Oh, it's got a nose. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Should we take this farther? <laughs> no. Hang up now. If you're if you're still with us, just turn it off. <laughs> It's not going to get any better. This guy had a conversation. My brother called the other day, and we did a FaceTime thing, and can't remember how we got on the conversation. We were talking about my parents, you know, call answer, call waiting, call display. And we're saying, do they have call display? Because we, oh, because we'd asked, have you talked to mom and dad lately? Mm-hmm. He goes, no, not lately. And uh, so, well, you got to start calling them. Yes, is your fridge running? <laughs> <laughs> Because we, we're not sure if they've got call display because when my mom picks up the phone, it's like, hello? Like, <laughs> who is this? Every, every pick up the surprise. Yeah, yeah. So I told my brother, he's got to start calling my parents with all these, what, 1980s and 70s prank phone calls. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? So their number, if anybody wants to call them and surprise them, is 416-555-1212. <laughs> is that your number, Alan? <laughs> no, that's the Hollywood number. The Hollywood number. You never knew that? No. Almost up until not too long ago when they started just not using, but like when Tom Selleck would like dial a number or something or, you know, somebody would well, give I was a piece of like paper five with five a number. Five, it was five, always 555-1212. Five 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 five. Well, I didn't realize the 1212. Yeah. yeah. I just knew 555. Five. Yeah. Oh. I threw the 416 in there for Toronto Street, for Toronto. Toronto Street cred. Yeah. From the 6, yo. <laughs> yo. <laughs> like I said, leave now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for everybody for listening. <laughs> uh, um, anything else new? Um, pretty much it? You've been having... 
No, so I'm, I'm flipping the papers over, if that's the rustling you hear, and Sean going, why is he flipping paper? Paper flipper. Um, okay, Day Paddle, 34 kilometers by accident. The Venus, the Lighthouse, Prince Edward County. Oh, I got... Oh, sorry, that was loud for people, probably. Um, so I listened to that the other favorite podcast today. Um, what's his name? Oh, good old John Van uh, Berger. The International Correspondent. Yeah. Um, Man of Mystery. So he had James Raffin on... And this is his fifth. Yeah, I don't know. His numbering went so it's the fifth one on like. Um, it's his fifth Sp- episode. Spotify, but I think like his first two weren't like official episode. Like episodes well, the first or one, yeah, the first one was so a it's sneak like episode. number two was actually number one or something. I'm like, uh, this dude, man, yeah. like it's math. Like, stop confusing people. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but anyway, he had James Raffin on today, and my friend Marissa Dalatalis is his guest host. So. He, he tried to throw me under the bus. He's trying to get Marissa to, like, take me out on a stand-up paddleboard and get me, like, walking the plank and getting wet and stuff. So, But the reason I bring that, so that's the first five mm-hmm. episodes and first, my first time my name's come up. But James Raffin swore on that podcast. So it's like, wow. Like I wanted to be the first this one This is be becoming honest. a thing. Mind you. I'm being invited on the podcast, but I wanted to be the one first one to get well, on there and, like, drop well, well, maybe I can drop an F-bomb, I guess. So, James Raffin is big into kayaking, is he not? No. Isn't he? No, he's the Arctic Explorer well, I know and that, canoeing, and he just did that big canoe spirit But does he not movie. do a lot of sea kayaking? No. I thought he did. No. Because ah, he does it. Because he did that movie with it. Go Iremoto a couple years ago yeah. about like connect, connection to the canoe or something like that. And he's all about the Arctic people. Well, and the Arctic yeah, because I know he's all about Part, but I thought he did a lot I of I don't uh, sea think kayaking. he does kayaking. Oh, because I was trying to figure. Maybe there's a connection You're between. You're just trying to pull in and sea try kayakers to find sea kayakers. Body mouth. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. He sea uh, kayaks, you sea kayak. You both got potty mouths on the air. Well, could be. You know, because if we're White out kayaking, hair. if we're out kayaking as a group, um, you know, we get spread apart. And, you know, there is only one word that gets everybody's attention really quick. <laughs> I won't say it on this one. I'll, I'll keep it for John's podcast if he ever gets me on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Dropped a big old F bomb. Oh, he did say be... one thing about James Raffin that was funny. He was listing off, listing off all of his accomplishments. He goes, "You're a canoeist. You're a scientist. You're an anthropologist. You're an Arctic explorer, and you're an Ernest Hemingway lookalike." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. old white guy, white hair, white hair, white beard. You know, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It's the white hair, Alan. Right. And James. i got to bring back the white beard, I guess. Yeah. Then, then we all look alike. Eh. Anyway, so, no, they had, uh, it, was, it was a neat interview. Um, I know Kevin's interview, Kevin Callan's interviewed James Raffin before. I've, I've, I've heard James Raffin talk before in, in person. Mm-hmm. Um, bought one of his books. It's on my Derek's bookshelf club at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm actually into my second audio book. The uh, West Hanson. Right. The uh, Amazon one. Amazon. Amazon from... Woman on the Moon? No, but that was a good movie. <laughs> Shut up. I don't, now, care what... I don't care what anybody says. Oh, so, <laughs> Sean's probably going to kill me for saying this, but he goes, so West Hanson. I'm like, yeah. He's like, West's his name. I'm like, yeah, I know. No, it's his name. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's like, no, I thought it was like a nickname or something. Yeah. But I it's thought, his I name. Because <laughs> when, I, when I first heard of him. Yeah. Oh, nickname West. No, that's his actual name. Maybe he lives in California or something. Texas. <laughs> he's Texas. He's, listen to his book because he's 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 reading it. Right. 
And just some of the things that come out of his mouth, like they're fast, fast Spanish talking in my slow Texas ears. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of little things like that that I'm just like, oh, oh I, I should be right. Unfortunately, re- regional idioms that come out that you're just like, say what now? Yeah. So I'm, I'm driving in rush hour. While I'm thinking, oh, man, I should be writing this stuff down. <laughs> But I'm on chapter 12 or something like that. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's it's a pretty decent book. So, so yeah, you're going to strap on a canoe and go down the Amazon now? I don't know about a canoe. Maybe a big motorboat. <laughs> <laughs> there's gators and there's there's people that shoot you. That's <laughs> yeah, definitely a thing. Well, you know what? It, it's, it's interesting to listen to the story as things progress and realizing... Because he's out and out saying some of the, the politics stuff that went on and the behind-the-scenes stuff that went on. And you're like, man, is it worth it? All that stuff that goes on behind the scenes. If you can get past all of that, yeah. that's an awesome expedition. But it's all that stuff that he's talking about behind the scenes. Well, it's... And we don't see that, right? Yeah. If we don't see... You don't see the sausage getting made. Right? All you taste is the lovely sausage. Um, is that some sort of Canadian idiom now? <laughs> Hang on, i got to write that one down. Don't see the sausage being made. Well, you've heard the, the whole thing about... There's there's two that are kind of the, the set alike. You, you never... You know, you wouldn't eat sausage, you saw it getting made. Or hot dogs, you wouldn't get it made, right? And it's... But I forget if it was him or Frey Hoffmeister or somebody said, all these big expedition paddles, they're all just day trips. After day trip, after day trip, after day trip, after day trip. And once you, like, put it in the concept of a day trip with camping at the end of each of them, it's like, it kind of brings it down to something more manageable. But mm-hmm. one thing we never, ever see is all the logistics behind it. Yeah. Um, Freya Hoffmeister, who's not on our list, I know, um, you know, she's still doing her um, circumnavigation in North America, and she's up in um, Alaska right now. now. And pre-pandemic, she had, you know, went home to Germany, stored all her gear with this uh, community in Alaska, and most of it went missing at some point. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, hear that. Yeah, it's a small boat in or flying community, so it's like guide behind somebody's shack somewhere. Like, it's not going far. And so she had stuff. to, like, over course of, like, 10, 14 days, like, get, because she, on this expedition, she always has a partner with her, um, a different one for each leg, um, get two boats, two this, two, you know, um, two more of everything, and mm-hmm. resupply food, and resupply tents, and you know, bear, uh, bear fence and shotguns and all that kind of stuff, you know? It's like, wow. all we see is, oh, look at them having their day trip. There she's going paddling again. <laughs> yeah. Paddle, you know, paddle, paddle. But picture, we don't picture, see picture. all the sausage. Yeah, making. yeah. Well, he he gets into some of the sausage. Right. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff he's leaving out. But yeah. he gets into some of the sausage making. You're just like, there's points where you just would have, I would just would have cut bait and said, forget this. Yeah. You know, because it's totally gone in a different direction or something like that you know like but you don't know if you're not in that but that someone who's going to do something like that whether it's him doing that freya doing the circumnavigation of the continents or that they're not normal you know like we get stressed over highway traffic you know they're stressors. I'm only stressed because I'm not allowed to body check the car next to me well you know buy a 74 Chevelle or something do that it's um you know, they just have that a different drive than we mm-hmm. do. You know, it's like... 
You know what? Like, you listen to things like this, and I would love to do something like that, but I wouldn't want to be the main guy. I wouldn't yeah. want to be that guy that everybody goes, oh, yeah, this is like this is West's expedition. So, and with him is do 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 and Sean. So my thing has always been, I want to be the drummer of Coldplay. I don't want to be Chris Martin. I don't want to be the front man. Yeah. I want all the money, all the power, but I want the fame. I just want to sit in the back, play my drums. You know, he'll get recognized in his hometown and that kind of yeah. thing. But you tell me he goes to Topeka, Kansas, to the Chick-fil-A, he's getting recognized? No. <laughs> Chris it. Martin yeah. probably will, but he's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It, yeah, and that's exactly, you know what, I'd love to do an expedition like that, yeah. but I wouldn't be, want to be the main guy that has to answer to everything. And, and Well, it's all on your shoulders, right? Yeah. You're the leader of the expedition. Yeah, if something goes wrong, yeah. everybody looks at points one finger, right? Right. So Unless, of course, it's you that accidentally brought the fireworks and blew everything up. <laughs> then that one finger comes at you. But... <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that LAPD SWAT team? <clears throat> the, the, I guess, I don't know the whole backstory, but there was report of like explosives somewhere, unstable explosives. So the no. LAPD, LA, Los Angeles Police Department responded. So now it's explosives. So now it's bomb squad has to come. So bomb squad, I guess their protocol is if they can, they detonate it in place. <laughs> And they have this special, like, armored car for it. So they put all this explosive in this armored car, detonated. The truck gets blown to shit. Dink! <laughs> Damaged windows in a two-block radius and all that. Injured, like, 17 people. It's like, okay, who made that call? <laughs> Oops. Where's Alan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, would you blow it up here? Oopsie. Yeah. While I was kayaking around Tommy Thompson Park in the uh, Toronto Islands one after, afternoon early evening and heard a boom and then a puff of smoke over there and apparently that's where toronto's uh explosives ordinance disposal team goes and disposes of like if somebody finds a bomb in a house somewhere they throw it in this little trailer thing they have with like a big green egg barbecue thing that contains it they tow it out to the leslie street spit or tommy thompson bark and they detonate it there and apparently they do practice out there too because easily you know, with one police car, they can close the whole place down and yeah. they have, you know, quite a few hmm. square kilometers of area to play with, so. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh-oh. <laughs> John Scheming. Note to self, Tommy Thompson Park. <laughs> <laughs> what are you uh, being up to? I got a parcel today in the mail. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. It is no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. No. You got a parcel in the mail yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yesterday. Because well, this is bet. tomorrow. This is tomorrow already. Because <laughs> we're recording yesterday. Yeah. And your people are listening to it tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know where I am yeah. or when I am. Uh, I finally decided to upgrade my Spot Gen 1. Right. And I've got a Spot Gen 4. Nice. I wanted to make sure they worked all the kinks out first before I upgraded. <laughs> There's a vaccine joke there. I'm not going to. I'm just going to let that one sail fast. Let that one go right on my. Yeah. You do know August 1st, the new one's coming out, right? Did you get that one on sale? <laughs> yes, it was on sale. I figured the, the Gen 5 or 6 yeah. is going to come out That's why any time now. Back in, I don't know, 18 years ago, I got a Canon Rebel film camera. Mm-hmm. SLR. 
you know, it was kind of the camera of the day back then. I got it down in Baltimore, at a Best Buy, I think, and it was a great deal. I'm like, sweet. Three months later, the digital revolution started. See those boxes? <laughs> there is a film version of the Canon and the digital version of the Canon there. <laughs> and they're both worth $50. $50 for <laughs> the right price. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I decided, you know what? Okay, good. Um, Les Stroud, Survivor Man. Was I think one of the first guys to have one of these? Right. That you know, sort of, you see it on him in yeah. his shows and stuff. Uh, Tracy had seen that and thought that's going to be a great Father's Day gift because when I go on my solo mm-hmm. trips, or everybody can track me. And you got it yesterday. Stuff. So yeah, so I picked Father's up, Day was five weeks ago. No, no, no. The, the original, late. the Too Gen, oh, yeah, the Gen yeah, one, sorry. the Gen one. So th- what was this like? Fifteen years yeah. ago, or whenever Les Stroud was out with it. So. Yeah, I was like one of the first kids on the block to have one. Okay. Uh, I started doing some trips with buddies, and um, they're like, what, what's that? I said, well, it's a tracker, mm-hmm. and it's got an SOS if, you know, like I accidentally cut your head off with the axe five times and, um, you know, your legs and arms and, and all that sort of stuff. Or And it, tra- it tracks so you can go on the website and follow where we are, and you can go back and get all the data. So if you find a really good campsite, then you can remember that that's, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then slowly, other people started getting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a, and I had, then the, I had a Gen 1 at one the, point. The InReach came out and all that sort of stuff. And this is a bare bones. The Gen 1 is bare bones. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it had the tracker. It had the SOS. Yeah. It had the, the 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 I'm okay check-in button. Right. And it had the, okay, crap's happened. It's not life-threatening. Yeah. I'm going to be delayed. Yeah, there were three things you could do. Sort of thing, yeah. 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 Um. Well, over time, the price for the yearly kept going up and up. And their pricing was starting to include, well, you know, their satellite messaging and da 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 So it was pricing, Spot was pricing it for the new. The new. new they were kind new of beta to ones in it. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. somebody associated with them at some point kind of told me that behind, the, you know. Yeah. And so I, I called them up. Well, I got in a bit of an argument with them because – they, I, I said, don't renew, and they just renewed anyway. Yeah, got stuck in that one. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. I took all my credit card information. Out. Oh, well, we just, we had it, so we just renewed it. I'm like, we can't do that. We did. And they did. So then they refunded me all yeah. that uh, because it was like 250 bucks a year. Yeah, for, it was for up there. Yeah. Uh, and now they've all got these flex plans and everything yeah. for 14 bucks or whatever a month. Well, they had to because everybody else is going there yeah. and they're getting more yeah. competition. The ones Derek has is Zola. Zaleo. Zaleo. Yep. You know, the, the Garmin's, the InReaches. Yep. There's, you know, three, four, five players in the market now, whereas at the beginning it was Spot. Yeah. You know, they kind of led the way and then others kind of overtook them pretty quick, I think. And they're yeah. like, oh, shit, we got to catch up. Well, and, and I don't want, I know there's there's pros and cons to it, I don't want the messaging because, you know, I know people that take theirs out and it's got the message and they go to make a, hey, you know what, everything's great mm-hmm. and we just saw a wolf. And then they, there's, there's like messages coming in. Well, and, you know, it gets charged by messages because you only get so many free and da, da, da. I don't want people to be, and I there's no reason that I need to be telling yeah. people what's going on and, you they know, know what, you're but, a dinosaur. Yeah. It's yeah. for Tracy. Tracy bought you a me gift for you for Father's Day. You know what? And that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. And and I would have kept it going if the, the price was down. Yeah. But I've left it. Well, last year I was going to buy a new one, but uh, that sort of went up in the air with the whole you can't go 
paddling in the backcountry sort of thing. And, um, so I figured this year, you know what? Yeah, because I'm taking her on a big 10-day tomogamy trip and, and whatnot. So I figured, you know what? The new one here, I'll, 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 everything seems to be back to where I'm happy Good. with it. But there's nothing fancy. There's a, oh, my God, we're about to die. Come and save us. Um, but it does come with a fancy little clip and everything, like a beaner and everything. Yeah. So you can hang it off your pack. It's not a little clip that fits on your belt or anything anymore. Um, so And it's small enough still to fit in your hand. So if a bear comes, you can just ram it down his throat and you can find the bear. Then the orange helicopter is going and picking up the bear and not you. Well, they'll find the bits of me. Out. They'll find the bits <laughs> okay, of me in the bear. Okay. okay. <laughs> my watch. <laughs> 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 send, right. send my wife the tracker and my watch. <laughs> uh, but no, that's exactly it. You know what? She loved to, to follow. And the amount of clients I have that, you know, love to see my photos yep. and hear about the trips I do. And so I started giving them this. And they would be sitting in their offices watching my progress. Yeah, because they're looking my, at you when you have cell service again so they can text you about a problem me. they're having yeah. at the factory. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they'd be like, yeah. like yeah, there's yeah. like five of us watching on a computer these routes you're going on, like on a three-week trip or something like that, right? And it's like, it's fascinating seeing all this. And because you get the satellite view as opposed to just a, a map view and that sort of mm. thing. So My mom loved it when I, so I had the one and then I had a two, um... And then the two didn't last too long. The, the, the device itself, the hardware the, the itself uh, failed. I think, was it the two that had the battery problems? Mine just had a not working problem. Uh-huh. I tried new batteries and stuff, and it didn't work. Um, actually, one night, another advocate of the spot, and I think still is, is Kevin, Kevin Callen. Yep, yep. Um, he's got the four as well. So I won, I won it through a contest, social media contest he was having when he... He and Andy were paddling somewhere in Georgian Bay, and he took, like, a little picture of a dock on each side and said, guess our route. And I got the, the in and the out correct, so I won the spot, too. Um, but my mom loved it as much for my paddling as, like, my all my road trips, all my allocationing yeah. thing, um, so that she could see me, like, speeding across Iowa or wherever the hell I was. I'd just throw it up on the dashboard, or um, I'd put it up in my sunroof um, thing. Um, yeah, so it just gives people back at home a little bit of peace of mind and well i'll tell you i was on a trip and i had to come out a day early because the last night i was supposed to spend on a campsite well somebody else had taken that campsite right. they were camping where they weren't supposed to and it's like you know what it's another like hour paddle to back to my truck so i just went to my truck and i said oh, might as well just do a easy drive home yep. the minute i was in cell range Booting, 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 booting. All these people. What's, What's the matter? On? Why are you out early? Why are you out early? What's happening? You never Why come you? off the water early. It's like, whoa. And that's when I realized I give this to too many people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's a leash, right? For lack yeah. of a better word. It's a yeah. leash and, you know, I'm, and like you said, with the whole messaging aspect of it, um, that got a certain group, not going to name any names, but some people will know who I'm talking about, some people in trouble last year because somebody was a little creative with their writing oh. and left left it. They always like to be a little cliffhangerish with their yes. writing. And, and there wasn't a there was big s- incident or anything, if memory serves, but there was something did happen, but it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. But there was a cliffhanger that, because a lot of these devices, you put in your little 140 character message or whatever, and boom, it populates on your Facebook, on Facebook your Instagram, and everything. Twitter, whatever, right? So now people's people are seeing this going, oh my God, they're all dead, except 
the guy with the thing. <laughs> you know, um, and really there wasn't a whole lot that had ha- the, the, the issue had been managed well. The communication. Yeah. Maybe it'd been a little bit better, but my read on it was, well, if you know the guy who was doing the communication, mm-hmm. that's kind of his shtick. So, yeah. I don't anyway. want the, I don't want people calling me and no. I don't want to be calling people. No. You know, so, yeah. Again, this is just a newer version of a gift for my wife awesome. that I can carry around. Very cool. So, yeah. So, we'll, we'll take that. Um... You've recently... Speaking of rescues and spot devices yeah, and stuff, yeah. let me do the segue, Let's Sean. Let's do the segue here. <laughs> Speaking of, of rescues, whoa, Alan. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking you of rescues... recently had to rescue... And it was funny because there was a whole lot of joking on your post picture you posted. Well, I posted a picture, and we'll, we'll post it on... Uh, uh, the the part Facebook page in a couple yeah. of days. It's a picture of me towing an empty boat behind me. <laughs> it wasn't just any empty boat. It was an empty surf ski. So I'm in my my sea kayak and I was towing an empty surf ski. And um and I just I guess I must have taken lessons from that person we were just talking about. <laughs> Let things hang. Just hang. I just posted the picture and said, what did I say? I said something about went out with one kayak, came, came back, back with, with two, two boats, and a bit of a puzzled expression on my face. And everybody's like. Um, Could you steal it while somebody was in the bush peeing? Yeah. <laughs> and about 19 other comments like that. Yeah. Except my friend Dave, who isn't a paddler at all. He's like, um, is nobody going to ask what happened to the person? <laughs> Don't ask. At least somebody Don't cared. Um, all the other people just thought that something nefarious had happened. But something <laughs> nefarious, had, not nefarious, but something, something happened. Something had happened. So me and my friend Ed... Um, I've been down in Oakville talking to Wendy with the Wainui uh, Canoe and Outrigger Club about um, their whole program there because the city of Toronto is lacking kayak storage space or canoe storage space, any kind of watercraft, uh, human-powered watercraft uh, thing. So Ed, Ed's a real big proponent for getting more of that along the, the, the city of Toronto shoreline right. all across it. Um, so we went down there and met with Wendy to talk about that. Um, when we were done our meeting and doing all the talking and questioning and pictures and writing shit down um we went for a paddle um it was interesting i had never been on it was a 60 mile creek in uh, oakville and the radar had been for like thunderstorms that afternoon so we're, we're watching the radar um quite uh quite diligently i was and watching the skies too because there's some threatening so we went out for a paddle we went up the river came back down um where we, we took a break because a thundercell did pass by, got back and got back going, went down to the river mouth. Uh, the lake was a little choppy, and we're like, ah, let's just. We went back to the thing, so we did about seven or eight k by this point, and then, then we're like, the wind has died, you know, the weather's passed, let's go back down the lake. And the lake had kind of calmed down a bit, so we went for a paddle, went to Brownie Creek. On our way back, the wind had picked back up again. Um, we got a little rain squall past us, but when we were approaching the 60-mile Creek River mouth, we see, I saw a guy in the water. Um, and there's, there's quite a lot of people on the water, um, stand-up paddleboards, outrigger canoes, uh, surf skis. Um, can't remember if I saw any other kayakers, um, but that's par for the course for that that, uh, that area, those, those watercraft. And I saw this guy in the boat, um, 
and he was out of the boat for quite a while. We probably saw him from three or 400 meters away, and, you know, that's uh, quite a few minutes of paddling, and as we're approaching him, we could see that he kind of got back into the river mouth behind the break wall, but then another guy in a surf ski that had just passed us, when he turned around, because right at the river mouth is where it's the choppiest there, mm-hmm. and it wasn't big waves or anything, it's just like you're at the top of your washing machine. They're just all over the place. They're not coming from the left or the right or up or down. They're coming from everywhere at once. Um, and the guy goes over. Um, Ed's closer to him. Ed asks, do you need help? No. Do you need help? No. I get up alongside him like, you need help? No. I said, I can help stabilize your boat as I'm helping stabilize his boat <laughs> um, and help you get back in. He's like, okay. Boom, he's back in like literally seven seconds, right? I'm like, you good? Yeah, I'm good. And off he paddles away from the river mouth. The other guy is now just out of view around the corner. Ed's ahead of me again. We go into the river mouth. And and there's got to be 12, 18 people around, like, coming and going while all this is going on. Now, there was some distance before, so who knows if other people had passed and asked the first guy that I just told you about, you know, you need a hand? No. You need a hand? No. And they just kept on going. Um, It's not my first rodeo. It's not Ed's first rodeo. We've rescued people in Toronto Harbor all the time that, yeah, their first reaction sometimes is no, unless they're in a like a piece of crap wreck boat and with no bulkheads or whatever, and they're swamped, and they don't know what they're doing, and, yeah, they say yes pretty quick. But mm-hmm. a lot of people, their go-to answer right away is, no, I'm good. Um, I don't know if that's bravado or hubris or lack of humility or whatever or... Don't want to swallow their pride and admit, oops. Right, or they just they over, they're overconfident in their um, ability. Like the yeah. the lake, the Great Lakes are always considered cold water lakes. Right now they're I don't know high fifty degrees, low sixty degrees, maybe. Like they're not horribly cold, but they're not horribly warm either. Mm-hmm. There was enough people there that the one guy, you know, I'm sure at some point he could have hollered and had a stand up paddleboard or another surf ski pull up alongside and help him in. But anyway, so we get around the break wall. Ed calls out to the other guy, do you need a hand? No, I'm good. You need a hand? I'm good. Lady up on the break wall goes, he's losing energy. At this point, the bow of the boat's six feet in the air, and he's hanging on to the last three feet of the boat. I'm like, where's your paddle? And then somebody like 100 feet away goes, I have it. I'm like, buddy, you need a hand? No. I'm like, buddy, grab on the back of my kayak. No, I'm good. I'm like, buddy... You don't have a paddle, you're struggling, you're out of breath, and you could just see it in his eyes. Like, dude was just like, didn't know what he was doing. He was, right. he was, he was at that point where he was just like, I can still do it, but I can't do it, but I don't know if I can, you know, just like, just stop for a second. That's what I do. I'm like, buddy, just get on the back of my kayak. So he caught on the back of my kayak, Ed took care of his boat. All the meanwhile, there's a lady off to the side in an outrigger canoe, and She's got some credibility down there. She has some um, um, standing in that community down there. But she's right. just yelling all the wrong things. Um, how Ed should handle the boat. She didn't care about the guy. She wasn't yelling at She didn't care about, about the, the boat. <laughs> you know, but there's a lady up on the break wall. And that's the other thing. There's this, like, lady. She looked. I don't know, like my age, probably a little younger, 40, whatever. Like, just, and, and like, six or eight guys. And, like, she's the one that was, like get the guy, you know, and then she climbed down like eight foot ladder to once I got, so I, I, the guy climbed up on my back deck of the kayak. Um, and then the surf ski wanted to come with them over top of my deck because he was still <laughs> leashed to it. Right? right. So we had to get him unleashed from that. Ed took control of his boat. The lady's telling the 
had to leash the, the surf ski to him, which you never do. Like, you're not going to leash it to Ed. Like, anyway, I was more concerned about the guy. So the Dude, guy's on yeah. my back deck. I start paddling towards the uh, the wall. The lady's climbing down the ladder. Um, the guy gets off my back deck, starts going up the ladder. Ed's, I think he's in a bit of a quandary. Kind of, he didn't have the right equipment on him. Usually, he does when he paddles the Toronto Harbor Natter without instructing. He'll have a tow rope and that, or a tow belt on him. He always has his rope with him, but he doesn't have his tow belt with him. So he's trying to manhandle the the surf ski behind him, which they're fragile, delicate little things, yeah. right? Um, like they weigh like thirty pounds or about nineteen feet long, and they're just they're very thin, and it's banging against the side of his boat. And this lady's saying, "Well, just push it ahead and paddle, and push it ahead and paddle." And I'm like holding on to my tow rope going, my tow bell going, I can tow it. No, no, he's got it. No, no, he's got it. This lady's current. I'm just like, I just wanted to say, like, shut up, lady. Yeah. Like, we've been here before, like, not our first rodeo, but I wanted to give her respect because this is this is her neighborhood, right? And this is, you know, this is her community. I thought maybe that was one of her paddlers. I didn't know, right? I just came upon a scene with an uh, incapacitated paddler. It wasn't incapacitated, but just a paddler in trouble, and, and Ed and I reacted um, and, and I just went over to the bow of the, uh, the surf ski because it has a grab handle and put my tow belt on that and started towing it. And then she must have gotten a huff because then she just like paddled away. <laughs> it's like, really, lady? Anyway, um, so, and then like we start paddling and then the guy's like 100 feet up the river and climbing down up the break wall again. Okay, I'll get it from here. I'm like, Dude, you don't even have your paddle, right? Like, we'll, we'll take it up, like, another about 300 yards to the uh, boat launch. So we take it up to the boat launch, and I'm like, how are you feeling? He's like, yeah, I can't really feel my legs. I'm like, well, it's, uh, you know, treading water's tough, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So but you wanted to get back in? Like, you got to just, you got to, the Ontario Lottery Corporation's um, slogan, know your limits, play, within, play within it, right? Which is t- for gambling, but it can be for anything, you know. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, things are going to, even the most experienced paddlers yeah. could be in a position where, you know what? Don't be afraid to ask for help. God knows. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that's the biggest thing is, is you know, at the end of the day, he drowns. And, well, he said he didn't need help. So I don't think it would have went that far south because there was a bunch of people around. But what could have happened is just the way the way, wind and waves were coming in, the way the river's coming out. It's not a fast-flowing river at all or by any means. Yeah. But he would have started getting bashed into the, the seawall there and, and likely his boat as well. And if he's anything like most people, he's going to put himself between his boat and the wall. And, the wall. and he's going to take the brunt of it protecting his boat. Yeah. Um, Instead of being like, let, let go of the boat and let that take the brunt, but he boat didn't. Boat can be fixed so and replaced. It, um, it was all over. Like, both incidents, it might have been, like, until I got the boat clipped on, it might have been a minute and a half, two minutes. Like, it all happened very quickly. But what really disappointed me was there was so many people around, and they just kept paddling by, paddling back, getting their miles in, doing whatever they are doing. And it's like, nobody else hollered out. Does anybody need a hand? Mm-hmm. You know, if Ed and I hadn't been there, I don't know what would have happened. The guy that was out in the out in the lake that fell when he turned around, he probably would have ended up getting back on his boat um, eventually, or gotten too t- tired. Maybe somebody would have helped him. This guy, he would have ended up in the wall and getting bashed until he could cl- crawl his way to the ladder, and then who knows how they would have 
um, rescued his uh, uh, his surf ski because that's one thing that's really surprised me in the last year or so. So last year I met. As I've done, I did uh, some live videos, and then we talked about it on the uh, on the show about the outrigger canoe community and that kind of thing. And it's um, you know, sea kayaking, river kayaking, canoeing, stand up paddleboarding in Canada. They all have an official program through Paddle Canada. Mm-hmm. They all have official program through American Canoe Association, um, British Canoe Union, the Australian. You know, there's all these programs about rescues and what safety equipment and all that you need because outrigger canoeing has grown massively in the last uh, couple of years um, because uh, Dragon Boat has grown massively in the last number of years. So the why Outrigger Canoeing has grown is because it's hard to tell how good a Dragon Boater is when they're in a boat with 20 people. Yeah. But you throw them in an Outrigger Canoe, it's all the same strokes in that apparently um, and you can see how strong they're in that. So a lot of them have gone from, from the Outrigger or from the Dragon Boat to the Outrigger Canoe And then with the pandemic and the cancellation of group activities, dragon boating last year, a lot of them went to that too. But I was noticing last year when I was paddling with a lot of them, they're not out there with the knowledge and know-how to rescue themselves, which is Mm -hmm. quite difficult in an outrigger uh, because there's so much freeboard. There's 12 or 14 inches of freeboard and you kind of got to... You know, lean on the Yama and just... It's it's not as easy as... could be or should be um and i don't know how one would rescue another um you can put your feet in the water and stabilize yourself a little bit better but you know just because they're so fragile on that you wouldn't want to be doing like a boat over boat rescue like you do in a sea kayak or a canoe or or that so it's just i don't know what the solution is i'm not in that community enough to know all the ins and outs yeah same here it uh well yeah because you got the outrigger part that you'd be like so that's where the stability is. That's over there, yeah. but that's also three but feet away. So wet. you can't really, you can't really Re- lean on that for stability. Like the way what we do when we're in a sea kayak is we grab onto the other boat. We kind of form a T, just like you do in a canoe with a canoe over canoe rescue, yeah. and you become even way more stable. You can't really do that in an outrigger. I don't think. Maybe you can. I don't know. I haven't been around it enough. To, to really know that, but what I do know is from that, my anecdotal observation of that incident is that nobody there seemed to know what to do to help these, that, that one, the one guy. The one guy, nobody had really noticed yet because he had just been in the water 30 seconds mm-hmm. a minute. The other guy had been in the water for maybe four or five, six minutes, treading water in a washing machine, trying to hold on to his boat without a paddle. Begs the question, how many people know what to do? I don't know. You know, where people just passing them by because they didn't know. They're in the washing machine, too. So you could see, yeah. like, there is, like, some power. They're just, like, p- trying to power through. Because once you got out of the river mouth and you got out into the lake a little bit, it got a little bit better. At least it it, it was still rough and choppy, but it was, um, it wasn't as, as bad. Like, washing machine, like, like all just boiling uh, yeah. as it was right at the river mouth. So, But even if they they were in calmer area, how many people would know what to do? No idea. You know, I mean, we used to practice that. Mm-hmm. You know, the the canoe over the yep. over the gunnels to rescue the um, uh, Capistrano flip. Uh, I, I always want to pause there because you have to look at the computer. I always want to say ha- Capilano. Capilano, Capilano, like the suspension. I always want to say Capilano. I had it queued up here. Where? Is yeah, it? the Cap- Capistrano flip. Now you can do that, and that one to me is. 
Oh, it's not going to work now. Capistrano. Capistrano. <laughs> yeah, I always want to say Capilano. Right. Uh, or Capicolo, because I get hungry. Uh, the Capistrano flip is like you get under the boat mm. and you basically strong scissor kick upwards and then heave your canoe up and flip it over. So technically it's supposed to land upside right empty. In perfect conditions. Yeah. yeah. You know what I do? I manage to flip it over. Yeah. I get in with all the water, and that's why I got a bell bucket. And you hope your your float boxes are front and the back are still float boxes. <laughs> still float boxes. Yeah, you know what? I mean, there, there, there's ways, to, but you got to practice it. Yeah. You know, you got to practice getting into your canoe and kayak. Um, I mean, I look. I, I went down when I was at the rotary there, and I was trying the, the self-rescue in the kayaks. Right. You know, and like I say, shallow enough water that I can stand up if need be sort of deal. But you know what like, I hate? You know what I hate to do when I do rescues? Is stand in shallow enough water to stand up. I, for some reason or another, I always end up just, my feet get in the way of the bottom, and then I just, like, screw up the rescue. Yeah. So I got to go out to, like, seven feet of water rather than four feet of water. Well, so no, I'll, I'll go out. So, like I say, if I need to, like, two feet that way, I can touch yeah. bottom. Yeah. Right? But, yeah, I look like someone doing nasty things to that kayak trying to do that. Self-rescue. <laughs> what the hell is going on with this show tonight? Yeah, people are on shore looking and at me going, back to Derek of the Nudist Resort. <laughs> What's that guy doing out there? He got out of his canoe. <laughs> Why are his clothes off? <laughs> Just like canoe pulling for the first time. That's not a canoe oh, pole. Yeah. <laughs> That's a stripper pole in the middle of the river. Uh, yeah, but th- those are yeah. definitely something that you need to practice if you're yeah. going to get into. And that's one of the, the, the things about all these new people getting into the paddling sports is a lot of them are rushing out to Costco and 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 Sale and REI and... and hardware stores. Hardware stores. <laughs> Drug stores. And <laughs> picking up all their, yeah. their, their kayaks and canoes and stand-up paddle boards and, and boom, we're out on the water. Learning by yourself how to do... You know, in these days and times, there's so many companies out there that will teach you. Yeah. So many videos that you could watch to learn different things. So but many Facebook groups. So many. No many. Like, how many people do you see out there actually practicing? So that's one thing I will give the sea kayak community credit for. Granted, I'm in it, so I'm a little bit biased. But like a lot of guys down at Harbor Front and all that, they'll be like, all right, or the Halton Outdoor Club. I know people at the Durham Region uh, Kayak Club. Me and uh, one of the members. I was paddling with today Janice, um, who lives nearby. Um, it, it, every spring, somebody usually usually it's not in the spring. It's usually early summer. Somebody will say, "I'm going out to Kelso Lake. I'm going up to Lake Wilcox. I'm going down to the harbor, or whatever for rescue practice." Who's in? And people do um, join in, join in, and and practice their self rescues. They're they're rolling. They're you know all that kind of stuff. Kayak um, molesting. Kayak <laughs> you guys are worried about getting your like family rating bumped because of my swearing. No, oh, it's going to be on you and Derek in this episode. <laughs> I figure you're on the show. We might as well just go. <laughs> See what you're missing, Derek. Oh, I got such a bum rap. <laughs> but yeah, you got you got to practice all that stuff. So. And if you don't, you lose it. If you if you don't, yeah. you, you know it's um and techniques change, you know. So it's uh it's a good thing to take refresher courses if they're available by different uh, schools or 
even just paying attention when somebody posts something new on uh, on on a, on a Facebook group or or the YouTube or something, um, and don't poo-poo something right away because you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Watch it two, three, four, five mm-hmm. times because if somebody's taking the time to throw something up on YouTube, especially if they've got a bit of a following, like if it's uh, you know a Kevin Callan or or people of that caliber or uh, in the CCAT community, um, Skills MBC or James and No SKC or or somebody like that. Um, watch it a few times. You may not get it right away, but give it, give it, give it, give it a shot. And there's probably a reason why they're doing it that way now, rather yeah. than the way you were taught eight, ten years well, ago. Well, that, that's one of the things I saw was uh, this this loop of rope. Yeah. That they they and I've never seen that before. Yeah. Stirrup. And that yeah, they put that so you can yeah. put your foot in it and then step yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over. So that that's great for people who don't have a lot of upper body strength. Yeah. Um, large busted women, large bellied men, large bellied women, you know, just larger people um, that have trouble getting up and doing a conventional um, either self-rescue or a tandem rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's great. I carry one. Yeah. Because I, I'm a big bellied man. Well, I'm not as big as I used to be, but I still I carry, I still carry one. Man. I'm, I, I'm a small breasted <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, God. They're going down the on a super speed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so check all that out. Go, like I said, go on YouTube and check some of these things out and uh, start practicing. Weather's weather's warm now. It's mid July, getting into and the, and the lake's warm. I was out in the lake yeah. today. The lake Erie the other week. It was like wow, it's like bathtub warm. Mm-hmm. And again, while we're having lunch, several people went out because um, they were done their lunch. While others were having. Um, I was actually handing out samples of watermelon and yellow mustard. Oh, geez. Because the night before, I'd been cutting up watermelon, taking my lunch the following day. And I remember seeing it on Instagram or TikTok or somewhere where just French's yellow mustard. I guess Heinz is probably just as good, uh, works the same way. But I guess the the, the trick is it's French's uh, yellow mustard with uh, watermelon, and it works. And I had like five or six people try, try it that day, and they're all like, oh, oh. Well, who'd have thunk that? Yeah, but yeah. when you think about it, it should work. It's sweet. It's salty. It's sweet, savory. Like they go together in so many different foods all over the all over the place, right? So, and it does. It works. Mustard but, goes with ketchup. Ketchup's red. Watermelon's red. Yeah. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I don't know. We're not color <laughs> We're not interior designers. <laughs> damn it. Um, but then I tried some hot Dijon mustard on a on a bit of didn't work at all. No, eh? Just uh, it, the, the watermelon actually just totally muted the Dijon, and, and then like I, I put like another like healthy spread on, and it's just like nope, not working. But the yellow mustard, just even a little drop it's on a cube. regular old burger mustard. Yep, worked great. Wow, but that's like pineapple. I hate pineapple. Yeah, but you throw that on a barbecue. Yeah, great. Same with watermelon on a barbecue. I did that last year. Um, I did it twice, three times last year. I did it first just. On its own, wait till it caramelized a little bit, which it didn't a lot, and it was okay. It was like warm, wet watermelon, but some flavor there. So the next time I did it, I just made a little slurry of olive oil and um, some honey, and brushed that on on it, um, just enough so that the honey and the, the watermelon juice would start to caramelize together, and it caramelized a lot more, and it was a lot better that way. Hmm. It was yeah, it was pretty good. Cooking fruits, yeah. Barbecue. I've tried grilled yeah. apple, the grilled pineapple, yeah. pears. Yeah, I got it? into mango last year. Okay. I don't like raw mango, but cooking it different yeah. way, yeah, I'll eat that. Yeah. Eh, who knows? Yeah. But I prefer raw vegetables. 
as opposed to cooked vegetables. He's odd. Get me out of here. Somebody get me out of here. Save me! <laughs> well, I remember growing up, like, you know, carrot, peeling carrots or peeling turnip or whatever. It's like, stop, stop eating it. That's for dinner. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I'll try it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eat yeah. it raw. I, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, speaking of rescues per se, right? Let's talk about being aware on the water. Uh, there, <laughs> police. Where are, where we're, oh, we're on oh, page two on now. Page okay, two so we now. totally covered page one, and we yeah. didn't even we did like three points out of like ninety, but yeah, we kind of covered most yeah, of it. Yeah, we kind of get it well. Yeah, yeah. we only got eighteen yeah. pages left, so moving there's on. Four pages tonight. But the other time I was on with Derek here, three of us. There's only three pages now. There's four. And I've written a bunch since I got here, too, so... Yeah, we got Trap money. in, folks! <laughs> End of 90% of what we just talked about. Wasn't on any of this. It wasn't on any of this. <laughs> so, a police and EMS in Muskoka... Right. ...responded to a call. Residents reported they saw a sea-doo with two occupants collide with three f- people in a kayak. Yeah. Um, two adults, one child transported to hospital... Treated for minor injuries, 28-year-old female passenger on the SEDU, released with minor injuries. All parties involved in the collision were wearing their personal flotation devices. That surprised the shit out of me. Oh, big time, big time. (laughs) Whoa. 28-year-old woman arrested and charged with impaired operation, blood alcohol concentration over 80 milligrams, failure to keep proper lookout, Failure to have proof of competency on board of pleasure craft, contrary to the Canadian Shipping Act. Yeah. There's a lot of new boats out there. Boaters, sea-doers, kayakers, canoeists. Kind of paddleboards. Yeah. Everywhere and anything. Um, You've got to keep your eyes out and open. You can have a little bit of skill. Yeah. You got to have a little bit of common sense, which is lacking with some people. Um, God knows how many times I've seen it last year, and then even more this year. There's several incidences that I know about or were party to this, this just in the last couple of weeks of just watching boats almost run aground on the Credit River, my, my kind of home river. Um, last night, night before, I was coming out of the river. There's a boat coming up the middle of the channel. The police boat is between us. And I hear over the, my VHF radio, you know, boater, get out of the middle of the river. Go to the channel. You know, the channel's only about 25% of the river there. And there's a sandbar up 75%. And um, the police boat thought, I chirped at the guys. The, the, the officer asked me, goes, did you chirp at him on the radio? I'm like, no, I thought that was you guys. So <laughs> some, 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 somebody uh, was uh, chirping at the guy. Um, you know, and even coming into the river that night, there was, there was a power boarder coming right up behind me, right over top of the sandbar. And I honestly don't know how he didn't scrub the bottom. Um, you know, I spent 20 minutes trying to talk a guy into how to back his trailer up into uh, to, to launch his boat a few weeks ago because, and he just bought the boat that day. He used boat like this, like 30 year old boat. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that was the day I did that accidental 35 K paddle to Oakville and back. And it was blown <laughs> good out there. Like good 20 odd mile wind, 40 K winds. And I'm like, stay near shore pals. This is your first time out. See, I remember when my parents got a, a big power boat, um, they had somebody that came and showed them right. 
you know, I mean, they weren't toting it around on their on a trailer or anything. They parked it in a marina. Mm-hmm. But they had a guy that came out and, you know, he showed, this is how you do it. Here's how you back out. Just like driver training, but right. for a boat. Yeah. I've seen that at Ontario Place. So there's a big marina in Ontario Place. Now they're riding my bike there. I don't know if it was the spring or last fall or that. But you could tell that that's exactly what was happening. One of these big, like, 30 or 40-foot uh, cabin cruisers, the guy was showing this uh, couple. Maybe they just bought the boat or something, like, how to dock it and how to get away from the dock, how to go into the dock, how to tie it up to a dock. Yeah. You know? Um, but even, like, this this uh, this operator who was 28-year-old woman, um didn't even have her pleasure craft card, which is a what is it, twenty bucks or forty dollars? Yeah, online, it's like an that. online course that you can take, or you take it at trade shows and that. Um, because in Canada, you need the pleasure craft operator craft to operate anything over. I think it's seven seven and a half horsepower, yeah, or five horsepower, or something. Yeah. So CDs would je- definitely apply to that. Yep. Um, so. I don't know all the circumstances, but she's probably up there at a cottage and bombing around. They've been drinking on the dock, um, obviously drinking too much. And see, the scary thing is, is there's been a precedent set. We've talked about it over the last couple of years, is that guy who took his girlfriend's so young son year old, nine-year-old? So yeah. Eight-year-old, yeah. yeah. And the kid died. Yeah. Well, he got charged, spending yeah. time in jail, and you start drinking. It's yeah. the same as driving drunk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they've did the whole what's a vessel and yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So, yep. So, you know? her life, like, luckily nobody was seriously hurt. Everybody was taken to hospital and released. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you see the pictures of the of the sea-doo, you swear somebody slaughtered a cow on it. Yeah. it. Uh, like, that's got to be a stock picture or something. Somebody must have got a head wound or something. Yeah. Um, but there's been several, like, high profile. There's a... a 13-year-old young girl and a 51-year-old lady killed in a boating accident up in that same area last weekend. Just two boats running into each other. There's another high-profile one in the news right now that's in a court case because one boat was out stargazing and then another high-profile Canadian's wife drove into it and ended up killing one or two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's in the courts now. Um, and again, it sounds like the other boat that was out stargazing didn't have the lights on. Um but see, that's my big fear is being in a paddle craft. Mm. I mean, when we did the Trent Severn last year, there was times where power boats were ripping by us and yeah. we had to deal with the wakes. Yeah. But you got a bunch of new people that are just learning and they're concentrating on on where they're going and not looking. So when they turn and all of a sudden there's a, a canoe or a kayak yeah. or a couple of stand-up paddle boarders there, the boat's not losing. Mm. You know, that, that's my big... So that's my whole thing is when you're on the water this summer, yeah. make sure you're aware of your surroundings. So today when I was out paddling with Janice um, from uh, uh, nearby here, uh, a lot of her paddling has been wilderness paddling. Um, definitely not urban downtown Toronto paddling. Right. One thing I did note to her is that most of my paddling, especially early on, was all Toronto Harbor paddling. And I think that's made me a better, more aware paddler. Because if you're paddling on the Toronto Harbor, your your head's got to be on a swivel. you got to be looking, where's the ferry? Where's the water taxis? Where's the yeah. sailboats? Where's the where's that sea do that you're not expecting to see? Where's he coming from or she coming from? Um and it's definitely made me a more aware paddler uh, for other boats and stuff and just taking myself out of a situation before. Well, that was uh, uh, quite a difference in paddle when I paddled to that night one with you last yeah. year and down the harbor. Was that last year? Year before? Sure. 
Yeah, it was then. It was dark. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember what day it was because it was dark. Um, yeah, you're, you're, there's all these extra things you need to to think about when you're down yeah. in front of a place like Toronto. Yeah, in their harbor and stuff like that. A lot more. You got. You definitely got to keep your head on a swivel. You know. So. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's shame, but uh, you know. Yeah. Be aware. Um. There is another article that you pointed out to me about sea kayaking. I did. The one on the decline. On decline. Yeah. That's a shame. Um. So there's this outdoor foundation. They have a outdoor participant report trends. Report. Report. <laughs> the Ontario I'm Foundation. I'm looking at that. <laughs> the, uh, the Outdoor Foundation 2021 Outdoor Participation Report Trends Report. Did you copy and paste that? I copied and pasted that. Okay. Just to make sure I got it right. <laughs> Whoever was writing that gets paid by the letter. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> Canoeing saw an annual increase after years of declining participation. Recreational kayaking saw a decline growth rates. Sea kayaking continued to decline. Uh, so I'm just going to go through some of these because there's some numbers and mathification right. and stuff. Canoeing stats showed that despite increasing by 6.7% during 2020, it has been on a decline since 2013. Mm. But... But... Canoeing is an accessible family sport. Mm -hmm. The report, report showed that new participants were looking for easily accessible sports during the pandemic in which they could participate with their families. Yeah. Uh, as paddle, they're saying the paddle sport industry moves forward, this is something they should consider. Because people want to just, hey, let's do something with the family. Right. Which you can't really stick a whole family into one kayak. If you got three members, you need three kayaks. Well, and that's the reason I bought a canoe um, that I barely use um, was because my partner at the time couldn't kayak, uh, mm -hmm. wasn't physically able. We had two dogs, you know, and we wanted to do more stuff together. Yeah. Um, so I bought a, a canoe from, um, what's the name, James that used to own um, handcrafted canoes. Uh, right before Christmas, and then that partnership ended up in and ended in February. So canoes are bad karma for a relationship. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I never did use it with that partner, but I have used it with other partners since. But anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, it was essentially to get my family out paddling yeah. together. And you so. can fit three people in a canoe. Two and two dogs. Yeah, no, and no well, they're your furry kids. <laughs> <laughs> so you can fit a family in a canoe, one yeah. canoe, yeah. as opposed to three kayaks. Unless there's a Sontag, you need like nine canoes. Oh, nine canoes because they got 800 <laughs> kids or something. Yeah, <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> but but they did. They had yeah. their family grew with six of them. They were in like a 21-foot canoe at one yeah. point with like six all of the them gear, and a dog dogs, and all the gear kids. and portaging. Yeah. Like, dude. No wonder, no wonder you need a new, new hip. No wonder you need a new hip. New <laughs> hip. No wonder you need a new hip. <laughs> you only need one. <laughs> but yeah, and and the cost of entry. I think when this uh, when when I posted this on uh, the Sea Kayak Ontario group, um, and that's what, uh, or maybe it said it in the article somewhere. It's the cost of uh, entry. Yes, it's a yes. lot cheaper for a family for a canoe versus three, four, or five kayaks, even basic level kayaks. Um, you know, so it's... Uh, yeah, they say hauling a canoe is easier than hauling enough kayaks 
for the entire family, and the cost for entry can be lower depending on the family size. Right. But that. even still, yeah. two kayaks is better than six canoe. Uh, sorry, two canoes is better than six kayaks. You're right. Two kayaks <laughs> is better than any amount of canoes. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Rowley just said that out I, loud. Did I say sea kayaks are on the decline? Uh, <laughs> you did. <laughs> you did Recreational kayaking saw a 14% growth. Yep. Uh, and that's coming off a steadily declining growth since 2014. Yeah. Uh, recreational kayaking's lower barrier to entry than sea or whitewater kayaking helped it grow through the pandemic. And they say recreational kayakers are more likely to take trips with unknown or unapparent risks than canoeists or sea kayakers. Well, and there's some education to be done. <laughs> there's a lot of education to be done. A lot of that relies on the consumer themselves, mm -hmm. the retailer, and the manufacturers, because people are literally going into a store, a tractor store or an agricultural co-op store in a rural place in a state or western province or in Ontario, buying a three, four, five, six hundred dollar kayak, throwing it in the back of their SUV or their truck, or tying it down with over pool noodles and some baling twine on the roof of the car, and going to the local pond or creek or lake or whatever, and going out with their swim trunks, their paddle, and their canoe. Yeah. Or their, uh, their, their kayak. Kayak. Um, nobody's told them that there's five things Transport Canada mandates. You must have, you know, um, a lot of people at least know you need to have a PFD or a life jacket. Um, many people wear them. Many people don't. They just have them, which the law states you just have to have them. But that's a whole other thing. And yeah. actually, John covers that not to to kick anybody out of this podcast but john's uh, podcast he covered that as a safety tip this week he has five reasons why um but five reasons why you should wear a pfd or something like that but anyway i digress yeah, back to the our podcast. Kind of podcast check out the outdoor okay, i just kind said podcast. john's podcast he's the yeah. one that actually said it so if oh, you yeah, leave yeah. now it's sean's fault not mine yeah. so <laughs> when this podcast is over <laughs> yeah go check out john van berger's the outdoor kind podcast <laughs> and he's not that kind yeah. <laughs> He's a bit of an asshole, actually. <laughs> and tell them, Sean and Alan said that John was giving out free samples of scotch, mailing them to anybody <laughs> that Good listens to his too. podcast. Good stuff, too. <laughs> so that'll be three people. <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> his dogs listen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. Uh, well, and one of the other, one of the other um, things that they mention is that They'll get recreational kayakers going out on 40 to 50 degree Fahrenheit water. Yeah. You know, like Lake Superior. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it's a life-threatening situation, or could be, so if they go in. Pitchard Rocks National Park. Oh, there was a big uh, forest fire there this week. There's been lots of forest fires yeah. everywhere, which has appeared down here in, in the smoke in the night sky and yeah. the morning sky. Um, yeah, there's areas of the province and states that are getting uh, hit pretty good. Um, a whole town burned in BC, 90% of it. Oh, they're big. Lit in BC, they had the three. It's kind of like comedically funny, but unfunny. Like on Monday, that's the hottest record recorded day in a oh. community in Canada ever. Tuesday, same thing, even hotter. Wednesday, even hotter. 
third day, the town burned down the ground. <laughs> like, At least yeah. you know where that. You know where the is. bar is. Now, yeah, I know right? the bar. Like, if it's like 49.9 degrees, get out of town because tomorrow it's burning. Yeah. Um, um, so Pictured Rock. Pictured Rock. There's an actual, there's a sign when you go into Pictured Rocks uh, before you launch of a sea kayak and of a recreational kayak. And it essentially says if you mm-hmm. go out in this kind of kayak, you're going to die. Yes. Unfortunately, the National Park has also given contracts to companies to take people out. Usually they're out in tour boats and then they launch from the boat, I think. Um, to go see them and stuff. So there's a little bit of eh there, but um, yeah, it's when you hear about when I hear when I hear about experienced kayaker dying, I don't think it's a well-equipped sea kayaker. I think it's somebody who's just it's a beautiful day, but there's still ice on the water, and they went out in their jeans and t-shirt or whatever, and without any safety gear, and went over. But um. Or thought they could beat some of the pack ice on shore, and then it all moves, and they're trapped and got to get rescued. Yeah. 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 It happens. Yeah. Or, or get stuck under ice. There's a, there a young couple on the north, 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 of, north of the, up near the Credit River headwaters, um, north of Mississauga and Brampton, a couple of years ago, who it was a, a beautiful Easter Sunday, and they had recently bought, like, recreational kayaks, and... They went down, they went through a swift, they went around a corner, and then the river was still frozen at that part, and then they got stuck and then found underneath the pack ice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just they weren't prepared with knowledge, they weren't prepared for the, the water conditions, they weren't prepared with the skill, they'd had the wrong, you know, there, there was a lot of wrongs done that day, and it ended up being two two tragedies. Um, yeah. Um, and you hear about that quite often on the Great Lakes, especially in the past couple of years um, and probably for the next couple as well, So, which is unfortunate. Yeah, definitely is. Okay, can we move on to a happier uh, the, subject now? Oh, no, we still got one other thing. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest disappointment. Wonk, wonk. Sea kayak. Oh, of course, it's going to be the biggest <laughs> disappointment. Declined by 5.4%. This follows a number of years of declines. Yeah. It has declined in participation by 19.7% since 2016. Yeah. One of the big reasons is accessibility to newcomers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the entry price yeah. in the sea kayaking is beyond what most people can afford. Um, sea kayaking has been shown... As an extreme sport with surf, big waves, big conditions over the years. So it sort of has that stigma attached to it. A little bit. And this isn't what most people want. You know, know? over the past couple of years, it's been great because it used to be in the years past that, yeah, it looked like that. When you pulled up a CCAC ad or the magazines or whatever, it looked like that. Now it's all the pretty drone shots. Mm-hmm. Right, so going through the Georgian Bay Islands, or a light, or a lighthouse in the distance, or an iceberg in the distance, and all these brightly colored sea kai. Yeah. So it's looking a little more picturesque and a little more, ooh, you know. So it's getting a little bit better in the last couple of years, um, but it's still declining. It's still declining. Um, one thing I found when I when I got into sea kayak, I'm 48 now. I got in 13 years ago. Do the math. I was about 35. I was a young sea kayaker. I'm still. Not an old sea kayaker yet, um, because it, the, the, there's what you're getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, 
As my mom reminded me a couple months ago, because my birthday's at the end of the year, and I'm only 48 now, she said, you'll be 50 next year. True. I'm like, that just makes you even older. And she's like, yeah, I know, but I like to say that. <laughs> sure. Anyway. I've already um, But, yeah, so there is a steeper, uh, a higher price to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do talk about to those people often, but, you know, okay, my boat was expensive. My dry suit was expensive. You know, once I got into the carbon fiber paddles and all that kind of stuff, it, it got expensive. But my paddle's 10, 11 years old. It lasts. It lasts, right? My dry suit. It lasted six, seven years before it shrank, i.e. I got fat. And then I had to buy Jim Baird's, one of Jim Baird's old dry suits, which is probably a seven, eight, nine-year-old dry suit now, too, and it still does me fine. Right. Um, it's actually too big for me now because I've lost weight. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> and in my boat, my boat's 12 years old. I spent $2,000 on a boat 12 years ago. You know, oh, you're spending that easy now on a canoe. If, yeah, you know, right. and not a great canoe, just a decent yeah. canoe. Yeah. Um, so the ongoing costs aren't that much. I compare it to something like golfing or skiing, which is minimum 100 or $200 a day every time you go out. You know, I went out today, it cost me a cliff bar. It cost yeah. me a cliff bar. It's, it's the initial cash output. Yeah. And you don't have to start big either, right? You can look in the used, you know, you can talk to some of the retail stores. They may have a used used boat fleet. They may have uh, some demos they're getting rid of. Um, You can start, like I did, I I started with a 14-foot Necky for, what was it, $800 or $900, which is probably $1,100 or $1,200, $1,300 boat now. Um, You know, and I moved moved up. And the boat I have now is a used boat. It was a year and a half or two years old when I got it. and unless I come into a chunk of money, my next boat's probably going to be a used boat too as somebody mm-hmm. else moves up in that. So there are ways to do it a little more economically if you have a little bit of patience and, and know-how and, and, and that. Um, you know, and they do last if you take care of them. Yeah. Like, and I don't take care of mine and it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Despite, like, writing articles and stuff about taking <laughs> care of stuff. <laughs> well, based on some internet forums, yes, sea kayakers act in unwelcoming ways to newbies. There is a culture of sea kayak safety shaming. Um, there can be. There can, they're totally 100% can be. I've seen that in so many forums. I used to be one of those people too that would just be a little, little too much general safety. Um, and I, I backed off on that because it's like if I keep telling you, 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 telling you you're just going to stop listening and not care. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, like I said a few minutes ago about a lot of media reports about they were an experienced kayaker, but they died. But they were in a eight-foot boat. Like, their mom said they are an experienced kayaker because they'd been out four times, you know. Um, yeah, define experience. When I've been kayaking for... 13 years now and you know the amount of experience I have and the amount of experience a lot of my, my contemporaries have in that and somebody comes up and you can just see the maybe what paddle they're carrying or what boat they've bought or what they're using for a rack and or, or, or whatever it's like you can tell right away that somebody might not be on the same level as you mm-hmm. so you might not bring them into your group 
quite yet. So this coming Friday, in fact, next Friday, or next, let's just say next Wednesday, I'm playing a night paddle. Um, it's growing quite big right now, and that's why I don't want to tell you the actual date. But yeah, it's just Friday. And there's been a couple of people who said, I want to come, and this is what I paddle. And I've had to say, I'm sorry. Yes. No, I, I would rather you didn't. Um, if you would like, um, I'll, I'll take you out on my own when it's more manageable, and it's just me and you. And if shit hits the fan, it's not going to be not going to be not a big deal. It's not going to be a deal at all because it's going to be. But if I've got 10, 20, 30 people out in a group at night uh, for the full moon, it's, um, you know, I don't want a 12 or 14 foot recreational kayak out. Or even like one 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 person who wanted to come, um, who likes putting heart emojis over dog wieners, um, <laughs> not mentioning any names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said I'll, I'll gladly take you out another time. Her, her kayak does have like it's a twelve or fourteen foot kayak, but it's got two bulkheads. Um, but it would be deemed a recreational kayak. So there is, to a point, some snobbery. But I bet you, if you ask the people, why are you being snobby in this instance? It's going to come back down to safety and not knowing somebody because. I'm not, I don't want to go out if I don't know you in anything but flat water. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not going to go, like the day me, you, Dwayne, and, and Derek went up to um, Tobermory, we all went out, it was all flat calm. And then we went down to um, Cape, Cape something whose name escaped me, and the water had come up. You know, you guys were all new paddlers, I'm not going in with you. Yeah. If I'd been with another group that day, you may have gone. We'd, we'd have been, woohoo, let's go. You know, it would, it would have been nothing. If I'd have been on my own that day, it would have been nothing, right? Um, so making the call that we're not going, is that elitist? Is that snobby? Or is that safety, safety conscious? Issue. Yeah. Um, but you're smarticle particles, and you'll understand that. A lot of people yeah. won't. They're just like, oh, you're just snobby. You know, me and Janice talked today. She she wanted to do a plan a paddle last year along um, the Lake Ontario shoreline, um, and she put it out on the Facebook group and said, you know, sea kayaks only. And somebody's like, well, I've got a 12-foot inflatable, and I did that last week. Why can't I come? It's like, well, I don't know what the weather conditions are going to be, and I'm doing this for fun. I'm not doing it for, like, a corporation or anything, so I'll take care of myself. I don't want to take care of you if shit goes sideways. Right. Um, you want to plan a paddle? By all means, go ahead and plan a paddle. Um, but on the paddle I want to do, I just want... And that's why I started up the Sea Kayak Ontario group last year, because... P partly. Because I was seeing all these other kayak groups were because of the growth of recreational kayaking and, and canoeing that in the, during the pandemic, they were just growing into groups that weren't relevant for me anymore. They didn't have the content I wanted when I went to, to the Facebook groups and I started up Sea Kayak Ontario, um, which is primarily for sea kayakers who like to paddle in Ontario. We've got people from all over the world and you know i've got a friend in vancouver now and again he'll post pictures of him out um kayaking off vancouver island and it's like right. come on out and visit us you know I've, uh, I've got friends right now they're out on the east coast at the, the 100 wild islands north of halifax guess how many islands there are 57 228 <laughs> <laughs> i knew it wouldn't be 100 <laughs> and that's what i told him like okay hey, can somebody count the islands and they're like there'll be 100 i'm like really do you think so um so i had to google it and yeah there's 228 of them, I think. <laughs> anyway um 
you know, they're out there posting pictures on the group. So it's not just an elitist Ontario-only sea kayak group or whatever. It's um, for people who have interest in sea kayak in Ontario or for people who want to, from Ontario or wherever, you know, come to my area panel or whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, it's uh, also a place for information. So Sea yeah. Kayak Ontario yeah. Facebook group. Cor- correct. Uh, it's a place you can come and, and get information. And it's growing, unlike this, this, these numbers you have that says it's declining, which when I look at it from an anecdotal oh, no, just, perspective. Just Facebook people are, are <laughs> anybody can Facebook from anywhere. Facebook. <laughs> Not everybody can Sea Kayak from everywhere. You know, when I got into it versus now, is there more, is there less people? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, and, 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 you know, you can see that in, you know, the amount of retail stores, like, everybody blames Amazon and and, and Big Box and all that for killing, um, you know, brick-and-mortar uh, mm-hmm. outdoor stores and that, but part of it is just a shift in what, what kayakers or what the outdoor industry is doing, so, you know, you go into Complete Paddler 10 years ago in, in Toronto, and it was filled with canoes and sea kayaks and whitewater kayaks and a few entry-level kayaks now you go in there now there's canoes whitewater kayaks a ton of entry-level kayaks and a few sea kayaks Mm -hmm. um, because the industry has shifted a bit and a lot of sea kayakers so i have a 17 16 foot 10 inch sea kayak 17 foot sea kayak which is kind of the standard length of a sea kayak and it's made to go tripping 95% 95% or 98% of my kayaking is not, tripping, not tripping, right? So, like, last week when I was down in Port Burwell um, surfing, you know, there's a ton of boats now in the 14, 15, 16-foot range that are designed. They're, they're designed to be more playful. They're designed to be more maneuverable in, in the surf and that. I would assume they're still classed as sea kayaks. Um, uh, um, a lot of them I can think of off the top of my head definitely would be, but a lot of people that would be in sea kayaking before in the traditional 17-plus-foot boats are now going to that boat. Um, you know, so so the, 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 there is a bit of shift, and, and the boats last. Yeah. You know, so give it a few more years once kind of all these people who came in that, you know, what was it, 19% went down? You know, all those boats kind of go through the use cycle, and now new boats have to flood back in. Well, and how many of those people that are went to the recreational kayak for the first time will then move up? Will move up, right? Because right. we always say, like, that, you know, it's like uh, a, a gateway drug, right? Yeah. A recreational kayak could potentially be a gateway drug. And it was for me. You know, I bought my first kayak when I got back into kayaking after being out of it for a while was a Costco. I, got, I went on Costco.ca and had one delivered to my work, a, a 12-foot Pelican. I paddled it twice. It was still had about half a gallon of water. I put it on my shoulder and walked back into Costco <laughs> to return it. <laughs> like, here you go. Here you go. Take it back. With some muddy water, too. Um, I went and bought my 14-foot uh, double bulkhead uh, Necky Manitou. And then, what, eight, nine months later, bought my current boat. Um, so, yeah. So, there'll, there'll be people. It, it, and these numbers will always shift, right? And oh, it's going to yeah. be interesting yeah. to see what these numbers look like this time next well, year how many- when 2021 numbers are put into it. How many canoeists, how many people bought canoes so they can go backcountry camping because the big front country campsites are closed? Yeah, or full. Yeah, yeah. right. 23% of new outdoor sport participants called canoeing, kayaking, rafting important, which was the lowest among all uh, all tracked sports. But 40% found paddle sports enjoyable. So only 23 of the, per, of the new participants yeah. said that doing this is important. Yeah. Right? And then, yeah, 40% said, well, we find this enjoyable. 
that that's the takeaway though when you when you're when you're trying to take away from stats you know where in the where in the questions was this how was the question posed to the mm-hmm. people um, and what was their because none of that makes sense 40 percent found it enjoyable 40 percent of all the new people yeah that's the one thing this doesn't say is how many people well I don't care if it's three or three thousand it's like forty percent really I've never taken someone out paddling. I've taken hundreds of people out paddling. I've never once had somebody say, I hated it. I'm never mm-hmm. coming back to it. Every single yeah. person to a one has said, that was fun. Thank you so much. And they've gone away with a smile on their face. Even people have tipped out and, you know, had to do rescues in Lake Ontario and that. And it's like, I'm like, oh, my God, the night's going sideways. And they're all having a blast. And only 40%. So that's why that last yeah. paragraph, I'd love to know. What the actual question was. Yeah. Like, was this enjoyable? Would you do it again? Or, you know, would you do this again? Well, no. I, well, I found it enjoyable, but I wouldn't go out and do it again. Well, I like, where's the thing, or is it on one of the other pages, or did you not put it in about what McGregor said? Oh. Oh, that's back a page. We've kind of. Yeah, I was going to chit chat it. Yeah, I scooped over that one. Um, so what did he said something about that, about the enjoyability of it all? So Scott McGregor is the publisher and editor of Paddling, Paddling Magazine. Magazine yeah. Founder and publisher, not the editor. Katie's the editor. Uh, so, yeah, he wrote an article on how to turn new paddlers into lifelong enthusiasts. In the summer of 2020, demand for paddle sports equipment outpaced supply, which we're going to talk about in a second as well. Uh, questions. Oh, what you got there, Alan? <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh-huh. So I stopped at uh, the neighborhood brewery by me called Stonehooker Brewing. Um, and this is a wrought iron foreign extra stout. Ooh, stouts and are this good. It's following a chill pills Czech style pilsner and a La Goletta Italian pilsner, which I really I enjoyed. Both of these, yeah. actually. Yeah. Well, I, like, I like to check. I didn't uh, know the Italians had a pilsner. That's the first time I'd seen yeah. that, and that's why I got it. But this, um, the Czech ones are always good, and the stouts and extra stouts are always good. Anyway, while you're pouring, <laughs> so questions to the paddle sport industry. Um, they 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 did a bunch of questions, being like, how do you keep, as they they call it, butts in boats once people are given the all clear to head off on their like their Mexican vacations again, right? Because all these people bought boats now since the pandemic started. How do you keep them in the boats? He says it takes 21 days to form a habit. Yeah. So with this being the second season of the pandemic, have enough people develop that habit now? Will people continue paddling now that they got a taste of it? Or will the sup boards and boats end up at the buy and sell? Yes, to all of that. Right. Uh, canoeing, kayaking, paddleboarding moves them closer to what they want, adventure, relaxation, fun, or fitness. It will eventually feel strange to them not to paddle. It will be such a natural thing to do, they won't know how to explain the reasons why they love it so much, like us. He says, and we can help them get there by promoting it. And yep. Here's to possibility, better world health, good habits, and meeting more friends on the water than ever before, it's going to be great. And that's the thing you got to do. And that's one thing that I found when I got into this is I found a community. I found I've, I mm-hmm. have found several communities. Um, 
Where if I was just out doing it on my own or maybe with a friend or with my partner, I think it would lose a little bit of its luster. You oh, know? definitely. Not that, not definitely. that I'm not going to enjoy, not that I, I, I'd love, I, I'd absolutely love solo paddling. Um, I'm good for about a day, sometimes two solo paddling, and then I get sick of my paddling partners. Um, but I've, I've found several communities. First, it was the Halton Outdoor Club, and then it was all the, the people around the, the Learn to Kayak, which became Ontario Sea Kayak Center people. Um, the Harborfront people took me in. Um, you know, and now through the Sea Kayak Ontario group, there's all sorts of other communities that have developed in that, and um, and people move from, you know, it's yeah, it can be clicky, but people move from that click to that click to that click to that click, and and that, and people move around, and it's like. You know, the other week when we went down to Lake Erie, Point Albino, our, my friend Andre just put it on the group page. He's like, launching Point Albino tomorrow at 10 a.m. You know, be there or be square kind of mm-hmm. thing. You're looking at HR? HR department's are they, staring through the window. Are they having a problem with the alcohol? <laughs> I don't know. They're probably looking at time. <laughs> uh, how much time are we into right now? Uh, an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. A short one by my standards. Um, yeah, so community is a, a big part of that. And, and one thing that he said in the article, I'm not sure if you included in this, is he went skydiving once. Oh, yes. But then he's like, I didn't go by gear. I didn't go by plane. I didn't go do it again. It was fun, but it was a one-time thing. And mm-hmm. I think for paddling, it's one thing to go down to a rental place and rent one and go out and then never do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fun, and then never do it again, or maybe do it the next summer or something. But if you've invested in a boat, and it's easily accessible, it's stored properly, it's fun, it's enjoyable, you can get it to the water easily enough, and water's accessible. Um, if you put a little bit of effort in a couple different things, which makes it easier, um, I think that way a lot of people will will stick around and, yeah. and use that recreational kayak to become a gateway thing. Like my kayak is either on my car or on the on the wall in the garage so it's literally crouch down bend uh and and stand up and my kayak's on my shoulder back up 12 steps it's on top roof of my car kind of thing um it's easy if it was in the backyard under a tarp or under the deck or something and it wasn't quite as convenient to pull out it might be a different thing for some people right mm-hmm. so it um so i think that'll help is just keeping that accessibility open and like uh, like I was saying earlier why me and Ed were down in Oakville was to research ways to open that up and give people more access points along um, the Toronto waterfront because there really isn't a lot. It's the fourth largest metropolitan area in North America and you don't need many more than one hand to count the amount of decent kayak entry points to the lake. Well, they, they had done a report a couple of years back that they were supposed to be starting all across the Toronto region. So they did do that. They did the nodes. Mm-hmm. The n- nodes were supposed to be for people to access the water, whether it be for fishing or canoeing or whatever. And what they are is there's these little ellipses, there's these little semicircles that, that jut out about 20 feet in different parts of in the islands along the, uh, like, uh, Kind of west, uh, east, west of the uh, the harbor front area um, near Ontario Place and that, and generally there are a bunch of big massive rocks with a platform and a railing around them and a couple benches. It's, yeah. uh, so it gets people down in the water, looking at the water. You can fish from it, but definitely didn't do anything at all to um, promote kayak and canoeing paddle sports. Yeah. See, when so, when they were talking about it, it was supposed to be places you could launch from. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't happen. And that didn't happen. 
But every waterfront condo development you see, the artist rendition always has a ton of kayaks and a ton of canoes in it, and then the condo goes up and nothing. It's great to have them there, but how did they get there? Exactly, right? So one thing the city did this year is they put out RFP, Requests for Proposals, for six different locations. Um, it was a pretty rushed process, but it was a process um, that was asked for by a bunch of people. So kudos to the city for doing this. Um, so it was six places that kind of made sense, but kind of didn't across the, the, the lakefront um, for access for people to both store boards and boats and also to rent stand-up paddle boards and kayaks. So right. there's one at Cherry Beach now. There's one in the island. There's one at Sunnyside. There's two at the, along the eastern beaches in the beaches neighborhood. Um, the one that uh, they had placed at right at the west end, which is very close to me, um, nobody was approved to. I think only one one person um, applied for that location, but they applied for all six locations and none of them got fulfilled. So obviously there was a problem with their application. Um, but nobody else had applied for that location, which is kind of a good location, I think, but mm-hmm. nobody else seems to think that. So maybe they're onto something and I'm not. So they have done that, the thing Ed's doing, trying to work with the city to develop another thing, um, is kind of interesting, so we'll see where that goes too. So there's ears at City Hall, including some high-profile counselor that kind of on the side of, because it's not a lot of money. No. You know, it's just the city doesn't know it's needed, so... Well, if they look at some of these condo dioramas, <laughs> they would know what would need it. They would right? know. <laughs> Diorama, there's a $7 word for you to make. All right, you see? Did you have to make one of those in high school? A diorama? I probably did. Um, let's move on here to something that you wanted to talk about. Uh, paddle sport supply chain issues and price Oh, hikes. that was the other thing, too. Yeah, so yeah. another article that came up. Um... Oh, you didn't print anything on that, but we, no. got, the, we got the webinator. Yeah, I got so, the yeah, webinar. So, yeah, so that was something, um, an article, again, from Paddling Magazine. I don't think it was Scott that wrote it. I think it was Neil, what's his name? But it was just it was just show, showing that just with the pandemic, and, and, we, and we've all we've all seen it. We've, we've heard about the problems with ships getting offloaded at L.A. Harbor. We've heard about um, circuit boards and microchips not being available. Um, I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about uh, the cross-country ski, mm-hmm. um, the fires, and I think it was a circuit board fire as well in that plant there. You know, all these delays and all that and all these just these monopoly effects or domino effects, sorry, on, on supply chain from um, even like the plastic pellets for resin for kayaks and that, um, or the, the, the foam factory in California that that having trouble making the phone for the PFDs and stuff like that. And and that's causing a lot of things to increase in price, the raw materials. And generally for hard and soft goods, whether it's paddling or climbing or bikes or cars or whatever, when a manufacturer set a price and every, every kind of manufacturing item kind of has uh, a, 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 a kickoff trade show, like uh, with the... the, the whether it's a Columbia shirt or a pair of uh, uh, outdoor hiking shoes or a kayak, it was all, it always seemed to be the outdoor retailer show kind of set. What was right. going to happen in the in the in the year ahead? All the manufacturers showed up there and said, "Here's our colors, here's our schemes, here's the new styles, and here's our pricing." And that pricing was usually valid for a year, yes, um, or at least until the next calendar year. And what this article, yeah, by Jeff Moog. Um, uh, it talks about is how 
just because everything is so disrupted that there's like mid-season price increases, something that, you know, uh, uh, one example they used is I buy a kayak today. The kayak yeah. hasn't been made yet. It's still in fiberglass sheets in England, and I'm buying it for $5,000. But now fiberglass sheets just went up in price. But the retailer has taken my $5,000. Their manufacturer is saying, well, now it's costing us X plus Y percentage to make this because the material goods went up. And the retailer is taking the hit because they can hardly come to the customer and say, that's going to be a $5,400 boat now. So instead of making, you know, like, so they say, but I don't know if I totally believe it, but uh, new cars, like new cars, which they say don't have a big markup. Kayaks and canoe that really don't. Like you don't see Bill Swift driving around Lamborghini. You know, not when anybody's looking. No. Not when. It, well, I don't think he could fit in a Lamborghini. <laughs> you know, maybe he's like, like Magnum in the old Ferrari, right? With the head with sticking, the out, sticking out, out, out the top. Because that he's got six three, six four. Anyway, it, it, it's not a. There's no millionaires in kayaking. There's no millionaires no. in canoeing. You know, um, so a lot of these retailers, and I felt the sting too with uh, some of the products with Kingdom Outdoor products. It's like certain products only have a certain high price you know something is only going to be worth 10 bucks it's never going to be worth 12 it's only going to be worth 10 um so when that price to the retailer goes up from let's say they got a 40 point margin it's six bucks but now it's 750 you know where before they used to make four dollars on something now they're only making 250 on something um and that's going to pinch a lot of retail and retailers have already been having a really hard time the last number of years for a variety of reasons you know big box amazon um a, a more um engaged consumer a less um a less shop local consumer you know like people oh, just want online. the convenience of chick 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 and boom next day it shows up on their yeah. on their doorstep um, rather than, you know, walking the trade shows or, you know, going to three or four stores to shop for boats like we used to do back in the day. So it's going to be interesting to see it in the next year or two because in the past couple of years, a lot of brick and mortars have just went poof. Well, you know? I, w- I want to touch on the, the materials part. Right. I work in the printing industry. The majority of my clients print on corrugate. Right. Or styrene sheets. Right which is a plastic. Mm. The corrugate sheets that we get were basically nine fifty a sheet when it, before the pandemic. Right. They're now almost $17 a sheet. Yeah. Double. Right. Uh, same with the, the sheets of, of styrene that we, the, the, the plastics we print on, you know, they've raised 50 to 60%. Now you take that same types of products that the the canoe manufacturers and kayak manufacturers and stand-up paddleboard manufacturers are all using. If I give somebody a quote, one of my clients calls me and says, I need a quote on this. Hmm. Usually we say 30 days for... But and you that's know flexible. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll all, all do something today. And then all of a sudden my, my, my uh, purchaser says, hey, this has gone up $2 a sheet. And then my client comes back, okay, 1,000 sheets at $10. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's 1,000 sheets at $12. Mm-hmm. 
that's two grand I'm already starting in the hole. Yep. So when when you're looking at you know the price of kayak, and that's what people are saying. Well, that kayak would have cost me yeah, two thousand last they, what, year. Uh, and he used an example, or somebody in one of the comments, uh, Brian Hansel, who wrote one of the other articles, or sorry, published the the uh, report report on his uh, blog paddlinglight.com. Mm-hmm. Um, he said like. I'm still paying the same amount for a new PFD today that I did like eight or ten years ago. Yeah. You well, know. that's what he said. Prices should have been going up yeah. for ten years. Yeah. I, I mean, Derek's even made that point with with the provincial parks when that a big fiasco started. Oh. The you know the pirate pilot project. Well, why all of a sudden are you putting these prices up? Like they should have been increasing for ten years. Yeah. Well, the same with these PFDs, canoes, kayaks, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, their prices should have been going up slightly every year, but they haven't been. So my boat that I have now, Current Designs Gulfstream, when I bought it, knew it was $3,600 on the shelf. Now, Current Designs stopped producing that model a couple of years ago. Uh, they'll do it for special order now, apparently, or they, they did at one point. But the last time I saw it on a store shelf, within the last couple of years, so 10 years later, it was 42 Mm-hmm. Um, it had gone up 600 bucks and it had gone up, what, 15, 18% in 10 years. Right. You know, a point and a half over 10 years. It's like, that's not a lot. No, not no. The, the no. consumer price index is, you know, 2, 3% every year. So, yeah. but if there's one thing consumers hate, it's pay more. You know, I've, um, I'll admit it on the air. Um, I've rejigged some of my pricing to include free shipping because one thing people hate is paying for shipping. Oh, so our, some of my, our some store. Of, yeah, yeah. So some of my lower cost items, I've, I, I have, I've increased the price. Um, like my keychains, I could buy a buck because it cost me two dollars to ship them. So I'm, I increased by a buck. I'm going to eat a buck, but I'll sell more of them because now people are getting free shipping. Right. Instead of having to pay shipping on top of, you know, a six dollar keychain. Well, and that's been one of the big things with us yeah. is people like to buy our shirts. And right. one of the big sellers free shipping. is free shipping. Yeah. You know, you go to our Paddling Adventures radio Sean's not store. wearing one of his shirts tonight, by the way. FYI. Oh, no, but what what shirt am I wearing? You're wearing a Get Outside a Paddling Adventure That's on right. Bell 5 TV. <laughs> Thanks, Ben Stacy. Season three? Four? Three? Four? That was season three. Three? Season yeah. three? Yeah. Episode five is the best, just saying. Was it five I was on? Yeah, I believe it was okay, number five you were on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, like people are, are, are you know, they're going to scream that they're now paying X amount more for their 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 paddle craft. But you know, like like I say, is you got to look at these these people that are struggling to stay in business by building all these things. Yep. They're having to fight chain supply uh, supply chain issues, more higher costs. Yep. You know, um, and honestly, you know, knowing that's going on, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't have an issue paying a bit more for for the boat. No. I wouldn't want to. You know, it's just the whole Big Mac thing, right? Remember when Big Macs, like, the price has always been, like, for years it was, like, three forty nine or three eighty nine or something for, like, a Big Mac on its own or something. But then the <laughs> Big had, Mac the, on the, its own. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, you're a funny guy. <laughs> anyway, but then the patty truck. And that's something that, 
uh, uh, food people have been doing for years. A yeah. pack of wieners used to be 12 wieners for three bucks or whatever. Now, then it was 10, then it was eight or whatever. You know, a pack of buns used to be 12, then it was eight, then it was six or whatever. You know, so retailers or food manufacturers have been doing that, that trick for years. You know, yeah. they'll take, they'll leave it at the same price and they take 3% or 8% of it out or, you know. Look at a um, wagon wheel. Right, wagon wheels used to be size of a frisbee. Don't tell me when I was young, they were size of a frisbee. When I was walking to school, (laughs) when I was walking to school in snow, uphill both ways, they were size of a frisbee. That's right. No, I mean, you can't tell me it's just because my hand was smaller. (laughs) I'm not as stupid as you look. They're actually smaller. Oh, totally. And that's that's exactly. And they've kept their price because there's one thing the consumer hates is paying more. Mm -hmm. Right? If they don't notice they're not paying less. Then they're paying the same. Yeah, you know. I got a can of pop. Do cans of pop not used to be like three seventy-five mils or three ninety-five yeah. mils? Three seventy-three or three seventy-five? Yeah. Three fifty-five. Right. See. Uh, I'm sorry. That is not. Yeah. My hand is big, but it's not that big. Well, these are <laughs> that, that that can looks that much smaller. Yeah, but these aren't these aren't regular size beer. No, cans, those are beer so, cans. Yeah, so. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's, they've been doing that for years. So. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind if I was buying a new. Like I say, I wouldn't want to, but knowing what's going on behind the scenes, I wouldn't have as much of a problem paying that extra hundred bucks or whatever if it if it's well, helping the, the manufacturer guy out. An educated consumer helps the retailer and the manufacturer, yeah. right? If somebody knows what's going on and what the price is, and if they're seeing a wild swing on prices from one store or one retailer or uh, uh, an internet site to another on the same item, there's something wonky going on mm-hmm. there. It's either somebody's either racing to the bottom, trying to gouge you, or trying to stay alive. Yeah. Um, and the guy in the middle is probably trying to stay alive. You know, all my years in production management and service, service management and that, you know, you get three quotes on everything. Oh, yeah. Right? You'd have one high or three or four quotes. You'd have one high, you'd have one low, and then you got a couple, couple, couple somewhere in the middle. And if I was getting four quotes, I'd go to the high middle guy. Yeah. You know, um, they're the ones that generally know what they're worth. The guy at the bottom, he doesn't know what he's worth, and the guy at the top thinks he's, Better than everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, uh... Yeah, but like you say, if all of a sudden canoes are $200 more expensive, well, you know, the, the, the amount of, the amount of, of canoes and kayaks that, that they're, they're now having to produce, like Novacraft, everything they build this year, from what I understand, is already prepaid or ordered. So they're, if you order something now, you're not, probably not getting it this year. Yeah. Right? They've been doing well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their little partnership with Economic Development of Canada, that ad that Tory was in, yep. apparently that... Helped out a bit? Yeah, it helped out a little bit. They've been doing a lot of... Um, well, they got the Complete Paddler, too. Yeah, well, they they partnered yeah. with them, so, yeah. um, you know, they've got the, the retail spot in, right in Toronto now, right in the heart of Toronto, so, yeah, they're doing well. Yeah. Well, like I say, is, from what I, hear, I mean, for the amount that they're having the to The owner help, could be sitting at home clearing out going, I'm eating craft dinner again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> My multi-dollar but corporation. From what everything looks like, they're doing okay. Well, if their costs, say they were doing 100 canoes, their costs all of a sudden jump 200 bucks per canoe. But if they're doing that much more volume... Well, like I say, a hundred yeah. times two hundred bucks. 
if they eat that, that's a lot of money. Oh yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you if you sell one of those wall art pieces, yeah, that would be the Great Lakes wall art pieces of the Great Lakes that's later cut steel from Kingdom Outdoor products. And, and what's the website where Plug you can find that? KingdomOutdoor.ca. Awesome. <laughs> Anyway, uh, your thing. If yeah, what? I mean, like if you if you were to sell one or two, okay, it's a couple of bucks. Yeah. But if you yeah. were to sell a hundred of those, and you had to eat that extra cost, I have. So when I when I when I when I developed that concept and got it priced out, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll get six of them, and the cost was X, and then they went well, and then I got a dozen, and I got twenty, then I got three, four, or five dozen, blah 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 blah. It kept going up and up and up. The, the quantity I was buying. But then this year, the price has gone up, but that piece has a high price. You know, I don't think it's a $160 item or $175 item, which I should be selling it at right now. Mm -hmm. It's still a $150 item, $140, $150 item, if you get a discount code. Um, and same with my keychains. You know, the price of those have got, has gone up, you know, from the, my margin from eight years ago. Like, they've never gone up in price. This year they did, but now I'm doing free shipping and blah, 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 blah. But uh, some products only have a certain high price. Yeah. No matter how much lipstick you put on a pig, it's still a pig, right? <laughs> like, it's... Uh, We're not going any farther. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it's only going to be so much. And that's what this article talks about is the retailers are the ones who are paying the price. The middleman's yeah. the one that's... He's going to get hit because the consumer is only going to pay or has already paid for that boat, that PFD, that paddle, whatever. And now the manufacturer is saying, shit, i got to cover my costs and my margins. So if I don't, I'm going out of business and you're not going to have anything to sell. And then you're going to go out of business and then walk, yeah. walk, walk, walk. So. All trickles downhill and everybody gets cupful. Yeah. So, so it just it uh, it'd be good, and that's one of the reasons why I shared it. One of the reasons why I, I asked to talk about it tonight is just so that people are aware that you know there's a reason why I'm a strong advocate, even though I have a web store only, um, to shop local and shop small, um, rather than just going on a big warehouse website, going click 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 click. Oh, that's twenty three ninety nine. Boom, it's on my doorstep a day or two later. Yeah. Um, but if you go into a brick-and-mortar store, let's say that stirrup we talked about, for example. Yeah. A guy, a guy at the, the brick-and-mortar store, the complete paddler or Frontenac, uh, Zach at Frontenac or whomever, is going to show you how to use that. Yeah. Right? They're going to take it out of the package, and they're going to unwrap it. They're going to go grab a paddle from the shelf. They'll pull a kayak out, and they'll show you how to use it on the sales room floor. And instead of paying twenty three ninety nine at whatever website... Now you're paying twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight ninety nine, but you've just spent twelve minutes with the sales rep, and now you know how to use it. You got like, an actual lesson out of like, the deal. That's worth more than the three or four dollars yeah. extra to pay for that item. Yeah, you know. So yeah, time will tell. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Uh, last item on the list before our two hour show is over. Woohoo! Holy jumping, Alan. You like to yap. Derek's still naked? I don't know, but I don't want to know. <laughs> YouTube series. This actually won't take too long. <laughs> I've actually been uh, watching... Uh, we we got the Netflix. We've got the Crave. we got the Disney Channel, Roku, Global, Cable, 
after a while, there's nothing on. So we get into the YouTube. You didn't mention Apple. Oh, you don't have Apple? You don't have Apple TV? No. Wow. Tracy got it free with her iPad yeah, or for whatever. For a year. And then, for, yeah. Yeah. and then every time you click on something, oh, this one isn't free, though. No, no, yeah. yeah. Oh, let's watch it. No, no, no. You can watch the other free stuff, but this yeah, one yeah. isn't free. Yeah. So apparently we don't like to watch free shows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not on Crave as well. Like, there's a lot of uh, free stuff, and then it's like, oh, no, you got to pay. Oh, you got to pay. Yeah, not yeah. quite as bad as Apple, but anyway. So we've gotten into the YouTube series. Uh, Kevin Callan, as we were talking earlier, he's got a new 12-part YouTube series, Southwestern Ontario mm. Camping Road Trip. Right. Uh, he hits a whole bunch of provincial parks and conver- uh, conservation, like Turkey Point Provincial Park, Selkirk, Port Burwell. Been there. When you can go see the big old submarine, uh, go to the submarine races. Uh, Long Point. Uh, A.W. Campbell Conservation Area, Dalewood Conservation Area, and many or others. There's 12 episodes. Um, and, yeah, it's really interesting because it's – That are, man does not know how to eat ice cream. He eats ice cream like a four-year-old. Oh, all over his face. It's up for ice cream. The, 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 the one episode I watched the other night, cause the port, that's why it popped up and it was like Port Burwell. I'm like, shit, I was just there. And I watched parts of that one and uh, they stopped. They went to go to a winery and it was closed. Like, yeah. Oh my god, it's closed on a Monday and a Tuesday. So they went and got ice cream instead. <laughs> and the way that kid eats ice cream. Yeah, that kid. <laughs> oh, I can't say that man eats ice cream. Not that way. <laughs> uh, number one, it was really interesting to see all these places yeah. in southwestern Ontario. Number two. Because everybody goes north. Yeah. Everybody right? heads everybody north. Everybody goes north. Everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't get into Algonquin. It's like, have you tried Long Point? Have yeah. Have you tried McGregor where... The Pinery? Derek might be, but he's actually the North Resort. Yeah. Not at McGregor. Starkers. Yeah. <laughs> um, mead. They went to a honey and meadery. So... Is not... Was mead not a really thick drink? Probably back in the day. I thought mead was thick because this thing's are. You know where I like tried mead? Sparkling. You know where I tried mead? Where? Stonehenge. Oh, Do you know you? what happened a week after I tried mead? You the, world, the world turned upside down and we had a pe- worldwide pandemic. Oh. Don't know if they're related or not, but. Was there a possibly? Bat involved? <laughs> no, and there wasn't near the solstice. Was it near the solstice? Three weeks from the spring mm-hmm. solstice. Yeah. Yeah, because that would have been. Could have been a leap. Yeah, that would have been around March. Fourth, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, so March twenty first, spring solstice, right? Dun, dun. Way to go, Alan! I created the pandemic. So the mead you drank was it thick or was it like a wine? It uh, no, yes, no to which? <laughs> <laughs> it uh, no, it definitely was um, more viscous than wine, but it wasn't syrupy. Viscous. Talking about big words today. Seven dollar word. Nine, that was a nine dollar word. Um, yeah, it. Uh, at, have you ever had Sortilege? Sortilege, which is a Quebec liqueur. It's mm. uh, a rye infused maple syrup, maple syrup, rye infused maple syrup liqueur. So you get regular rye, you pour it out. You know, it's water. Yeah, right. You get the Sortilege. It's a little thicker than water. Yeah, um, that's what I found the mead to be. See, and that's what I thought it was. But yeah. w- when they were drinking it. It looked like it was like, like wine. Okay, thin as wine. And right. to me, that I didn't think right. that was mead. But there's a meadery in a meadery, a meadery. Me- and where is this? Uh, southern Ontario. Right. 
near one of these seven conservation yeah. areas one of these, one of these, you just mentioned. Yeah. Okay, so the yeah. Casey Camper, uh, Casey, Casey Happy, Happy Camper, Camper YouTube channel. Okay. Watch right. the latest twelve episodes, right. and in one of those episodes, he dresses up and goes checks honeybees, and they talk about honey and the meadery. Right. Check it out. I've been following this woman on. She's in Florida. Does she know you're following she's her? A beekeeper on Instagram. I'm okay. not stalking her. Um, oh, what the hell's her name? It's amazing what they do with bees and how they do it. She'll walk in in like literally tank top and a shorts. And, oh yeah, yeah. And flip flops and yeah. like remove the queen and just all very gentle, all yeah. very. Um, There's a lot of them that do that, and they're used to getting stung and and all of that. You keep going. I'm looking on Instagram right uh, now. The other, <laughs> another one. Explore the back country. Brad and Leah have a three-episode series called Little North. Um, check that one out. It chronicles a 450-kilometer canoe trip across Canada's Little North, which is a vast wilderness sprawling over a million square kilometers in northern reaches of Ontario and Manitoba. Uh, it's basically centered on the Cat and Throat River watersheds of northwestern Ontario. Uh, it was It's a lost, forgotten fur trade. Uh, part of the route. Right. Uh, so they, they well, and he's that. been like in doing that lately the past couple of years. They've like been going in and getting checking the, a couple uh, of those places out. Yeah, the so, old route. Yeah, David Lee has been doing that a lot. Uh, he's another one I've just been watching here. So check out Explore the Backcountry YouTube channel with Brad and Leah. They've got uh, a pretty good uh, series going on. David Lee, his YouTube channel is Pursuit of Passion. It's kind of funny how his names come up a second time tonight, but only the first in name. <laughs> <laughs> that was code word for we mentioned so something we, yeah. about him earlier. So <laughs> his second season of the Portage Project, right. rediscovering a long lost canoe route, is now up. He's been putting that up. Uh, I think there's a, he's got three, four, five episodes okay. up now. So uh, yeah, he takes a group of five women north to rediscover and clear old canoe routes. So this is yeah really brutal in some spots. They're like waist deep and. And stuff. Um, now, did, was that from this year or last year? I, I know last. I know the past couple of years he's been um, taking groups out, men and, and women. Yeah. Um, and and doing it, and he's been doing like, okay, I want five women, and we're going on a trip. I want yeah. five guys. Um, he asked me several years ago, "Would you be doing Terrell McCabe or doing trip? But then he went on to his whole. Like, he's, he's kind of, every year of the past couple of years, he's kind of a little evolution of David Lee. He's kind of went from, we're going on these, a trip. Yeah. Now we're going on these new place trips that never have water for some reason. Yeah. It's, it's, and they're doing a, a lot of walk. walks with yeah. canoes. And in the past couple of years, it's all been all about the lost portages and yeah. the old, old portage routes and the clearing of them and reestablishing them and stuff. Um, and I think it's really cool that he's, he's getting some of the, the, the same old crew, but also a lot of newer people who are really pushing their boundaries and like totally getting out of their comfort zone. But he does a women's group yep, and then he goes and does a men's group. Right. And they all, they all having a great time. And I'll bet you, you know, the women do more work. I bet you. I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> money. The women do more work. They clear more shit. They complain less. <laughs> 
But you know what? These trips, when you start watching the videos, it really shows what teamwork can do. Totally, 100%. Because they, they all have to, you have to work together. So check out the Pursuit of Passion. Because uh, he was the, the passionate paddler, then he was then the, pas- the passionate por- peaker. Then the por- TPP. Yeah. T, uh, lowercase t for the, and then he always likes doing the PP. Yep. <laughs> We're not going there, Alan. We totally locked eyes when I said PP there. So just close your eyes and envision Sean so and I looking at each other in the eye and I saying PP. Um, yeah, so how so about the Cowboys this year? They look like a good team. <laughs> uh, the last one is uh, Camper Christina. She's got a couple series out right now. One's a three-day solo trip in Algonquin Park, uh, Rain to McCraney, which is an absolute great area. Right. If you've never been down to McCraney. Not have. Yeah, really, really nice. Uh, and she's got another series. It's a five-day trip to uh, Intimogamy. Inter- right. And, yeah, so, <laughs> tripping to some really great areas and some portages that were not so great. So check she, out Camper Christina. She should really tell... David about the not so great portages so he can put them on his list to go yeah to go clear to Mogami for the rest of us it's not as far David <laughs> uh, those are yeah so Kevin Callan Explore the Backcountry Pursuit of Passion Camper Christina that's what I've been watching the last couple of weeks okay no, I've so been, uh, I, I've been painted. I've, I've been seeing them pop up. In fact, somebody mentioned the other day. Who mentioned some of the Brad and Leah stuff and they're like have you been watching Brad and Leah stuff because they asked me how did it come about it was a roundabout way. Somebody on... Oh, I know what it was. Somebody wanted to come on that night paddle I'm doing soon, but I'm not going to tell you what date it is. Um, and they said, we have these both. We have this experience. And I guess you've seen my Facebook picture or Instagram or something. It said, oh, you look like somebody from the Wilderness Trek or the Wilderness Port something. I'm like, oh, it goes on. We also have several mutual... Facebook friends who are also into like the extreme or the ultra running or the orienteering or the stuff Brad Jennings is doing like with the right. right? Um, and then my friend um, Wanda and Greg. And I'm like, I actually know those three people all from different communities. So Wanda through um, this, this other friend of mine that used to dance with her in a Slovakian dance troupe. Um, and then I met Wanda when we were out, when I was a pretend Slovakian on a Slovakian ski trip to New York <laughs> State. Um, really, to pretend to be a Slovakian skier, all you have to do is get drunk by 9 a.m. That's all I got to say about that day. We call that Tuesday <laughs> in my house. <laughs> um, Greg, I know, I've known Greg for 30 odd years through friends up at a trailer park up near King Carden, um, a, a holiday RV park kind of place. And then Brad through this community, right? So it was just, it was weird that he, he made that connection. Um, and he said, you've got to watch their like latest stuff. So Yeah, Little North, it was pretty um, good. Awesome. Yeah. You know what I like about them? I mean, it gets, some people think maybe it's a bit kitschy, 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 kitsch. K-I-T-S-C-H-Y. That word. Kitschy. Kitschy. Okay, Everybody knows um, what we're saying at this know, point. Yeah, so yeah. Moving on. <laughs> so, you know, they're like, oh, babe, that's great. Woo, high fives. But you know what? Like, between the two of them, when they're out there, right. encouraging each other on. That's amazing. You know, it, it's really cool to watch that. Because yeah. he's got all the, the confidence in the world. Yeah. You know, and Leah's getting there. She's been getting there over the last few years to his level. I think she's still reserved on some spots and some of the parts she's like, like, I don't know about this. And then they get through this big, you know, and then it's like like Jim and Tori though, right? Exactly the same thing. Jim's like, woo! Yeah! Way I go and Tori's like, uh, 
Jim, we got Wesley with us on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And me? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah. I know I can do it. Do I want to do it? But a hundred foot Should bungee jump it? with Wesley, probably <laughs> not going to happen, Jim. No, so. Yeah. And it's interesting, the four that you bring up are all very, very different. you got Kevin, and he's doing all of these with Christina. With Christine, his, his partner, yeah, yeah, um, and a cart, and it, they're like front country, front front country, country camping. camping, yep. Um, explore the Brad and Leah, Bush they're way and back, doing their thing as a couple. Yep. Um, David Lee with his groups in this one. You brought up the women. There's other ones where he's done with just him and and and, and all the guys. And then Camper Christina uh, is out solo on her own. Um, mm-hmm. So four very different uh, things going on. Yeah. So uh, check them all out. Some pretty cool stuff going on. Uh, what? Oh, that's all I've got. So Sean asked me about YouTube stuff earlier, and he's like, "Are you watching any YouTube stuff?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "What are you watching?" Hot. And I go, "Hot ones." And he's like, "Porn." We're not talking about porn <laughs> on the show. No, no, no. You got to check out Hot Ones. So how? I guess it's been around a number of years, Has and it? there's this, yeah, a bunch of years. It's just I, I only came about it a, a number of months ago because SNL did a spoof on it. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's this guy who looks like um, Justin Timberlake, and he sits at a round table. They've got 10 bottles of hot sauce from, like, a Tabasco or a Sriracha at one end to, like, Scorpion, we're ripping your nuts off heat at the other end. Like, from 1,000 Scoville units to, like, a million plus or we don't even know yet, kind of Scoville units. I'll be over there eating the plane wings. Right? So he started out (laughs) with all these, like, D-list celebrities on his YouTube channel. And he keeps going up. He's had DJ Khaled, and he's had um, uh, Jeff Goldblum and Kevin Hart, and just all these, like, he's getting, like, some A-listers now, right, Um, trying these chicken wings. And while while they're doing it, he's doing, like, Jay Leno kind of questions, and even deeper, because it's, it's, it's a very interesting, it gets into, like, their career, and why did this happen? Why did that happen? All that. While these people are suffering through <laughs> these ten hot wings. You know, and DJ Khaled one was a good one, because he got to, like, number three, and he's just like, fuck this. <laughs> ching, ching. Um, he's just like, nope, ask your question, man. I'm done. Yeah. Like, he's just like, yeah, I'm not putting myself through this. <laughs> Whereas this other one where they're just like, he's always got a glass of uh, milk and a glass of water and a pitcher of water. And he never takes a drink. The the, the guy, I uh, can't remember his name. Um, he never takes a drink. But you can just see the uncomfortable, uncomfortable, he's uncomfortable uh, on so many episodes, but he's still cranking out the questions and like his eyes are watering, they're red. Oh, so like, he's eating while... He's eating, yeah. So he's got, he's got to tray of the wings and they've got to tray of the wings. He takes a bite, they take a bite. And, uh, yeah, so check out Hot Ones. It's a YouTube thing. It's on, I guess, in Toronto. It's on Global TV after Saturday Night Live on Saturday nights. Okay. Uh, but there's some, there's been some eh, episodes. Gordon Ramsay. Oh, they're always Gordon Ramsay one was hilarious. Gordon Ramsay had, like, Pepto-Bismol. He had <laughs> all this stuff to, like, try to get away. Like, every second wing, he's, like, putting something in his mouth. Uh, like, uh, just guzzling, uh, I think he had, like, olive oil or something, like, coat his mouth and <laughs> get the heat away right. or something. Yeah, I would think like, that would make it worse. Um, the, you know, the fake lemon and the fake lime juice things. He had those yeah. and he's, like, squirting them in his mouth. And wow. It, it's, it's, it's a pretty funny show. So, I once you're done show. with Kevin and Brad and Leah and David and his uh, people and Christina, 
Go check out Hot Ones. And when you're done with Hot Ones... Go check out kingdomoutdoor.ca. <laughs> that's right. And when you're done that, Drunk History. I watched some of that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, they yeah. get absolutely hammered yeah. and then try to relate actual <laughs> history while they were drunk. <laughs> and they get actors playing, like they're doing a thing with George Washington. They got yeah. actors you know playing George Washington. That's hilarious. But when they're George Washington is speaking, it's the voice of the drunk person. <laughs> <laughs> There's some funny Four in there. Four and uh, seven years ago, whatever. <laughs> That was Lincoln. Oh, jeez. Um, so, kingdomoutdoorproducts.ca. CA. And Sea Kayak Ontario Facebook group. Right. And what else should we be knowing? Um, some new products dropping on kingdomoutdoor.ca. So, I've had uh, some good luck with the locks, the kayak, uh, kayak and canoe racks, the, uh, the lights this year. Um, and just uh, trying to take advantage of everybody um, getting into paddle sports even more and more and trying to... Uh, get some more product that, you know, I've been in the groups and the conversations and seeing people just, uh, they can't get this, they can't get that. So mm-hmm. I found one supplier that's uh, been able to get some stuff that some others can't for some reason. Hmm. Um, so I've got some new stuff. Actually, on my way here tonight, I got the shipping notification. So in the next week or so, I'll be uh, getting a bunch of new stuff up on the website. So keep your eyes out. Keep your eye peepers open. All righty. Well, thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, what are we at for time? We are at, wow, like 10 after. Two oh. hours and 10 minutes. <laughs> Holy yappers. <laughs> uh, if you want, I'm going to change this into like 15 episodes. <laughs> if you want to find us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, iHeartRadio, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com, you can listen, stream, download, whatever you want, to all 284 episodes. And that, are we 284? We're 284. Wow. Yeah. Wow, eh? Is back for 300? We told him he was. You better, you better book him. That's like four months from now. Not far. Like that. Yeah. going to come up. No, I know. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. He's, he'll have no choice. 300. We'll, show up, we'll show up at his house. We're Get here. back at the Canadian Commune Museum again. Three at number one, right? The, yeah. yeah. We had the first one at... Kevin Callum was our second guest. Yeah. Uh, the Canoe Museum was our very first. Yeah. So, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow poddlers. What if they don't enjoy it? If you don't enjoy it... <laughs> listen well, next week. Not, listen next week. You might enjoy <laughs> that one. might be worse. It might, it might be, be better. Shorter. Who knows? <laughs> While you're at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com, click the big old round button there to go to our merch store. Check out the shirts and all the other stuff we have there. I want to thank Alan Drummond for stepping in for Derek this evening. I uh, I was Hope Derek's having a good time in the Starker's nudist colony. He's got a good week for it. Well, he has, yeah. Well, there's some lightning storms, so... (laughs) Hope he doesn't have any weird piercings anywhere. It'll attract lightning. (laughs) Oh, you know it. On that note, thanks for being here, Alan. Thank you. I'm Sean Rowley, and we'll talk to you all next week.